Huzzah! I'm Spider, and welcome to the Jacks Rangers, a New England Free Jacks podcast. And here is your host, Phil Harris. Yeah! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers show. Welcome to episode 74. We are calling this one Don't Tread on Me. Our New England Free Jacks are fresh off a historic ass whooping over our development side, the Toronto Arrows and find themselves back at home at Fort Quincy against Atlanta this weekend. In this episode, we spoke with our Atlanta correspondent, Tammy McQueen. Also, we spoke to our buddy BT from Rugby Pick'em Podcast. And finally, Diamond Dave and myself broke down everything that took place in Toronto in our Toronto review and the Atlanta preview, previewing the upcoming game between your New England Free Jacks and Rebrand ATL. Let's get right into this episode. Hit that theme music, baby. Kick that MF and mule. Woo! Huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I'm joined with a very, very special guest. She is our Atlanta correspondent. Her name is Tammy McQueen. Tammy, how the hell are you? Hi, it's so fantastic to be here. I am doing well. Um, We are on the road this week, and it is a pleasure to be here with you again uh, for the 2023 season. It's a pleasure to have you on here. So thank you for taking time out of your day. I know you're in California right now doing some racing training. So that should be a blast to, <laughs> to watch on your Instagram. Should be very cool. Very excited for you. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And I'm glad that we could uh, work this out. It's going to be fun. Me too. All right. Let's get right into the questions here. The last time you were on in the offseason, you hinted at the rebrand. I think it was like I didn't really pick up on it too much, but then it happened. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. She had mentioned something about that. What's your thoughts on it? And will ATL have a mascot at some point? Yeah, you know, I think the rebrand is uh, truly um, an essence of Atlanta. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Atlanta is the largest tree canopy in the U.S. I think it's Mm -hmm. true to the city, who we are. I think Tri-City is something that is um, really woven throughout the entire rebrand. The boys, you know, it's really not what's on the jersey. It's who's inside um, and who's wearing it. And so I think it's just been really epic to see this past weekend. We played in these city jerseys Mm -hmm. and there were just these exquisite touches of Atlanta (laughs) throughout the jersey. There was the skyline on the front. There was, um, you know, a little bit of the outcast on the back. I saw that. That that was a nice touch. I mean, that is clean. That was pretty cool. Um, Fantastic. I love it. They did a great job just every way throughout it. And the peach, of course. I mean, Mm -hmm. I got my peaches out in Georgia. Um, And so it's it's been fun to see um, a a new sort of look and feel out there. And it's it's just what it is. No one one talks about anything. It is who we are right now. Mm -hmm. And this is is what to say in terms of a mascot. um, I think fans really embody just that, um, who we are and what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, So no, no real talks of a mascot right now other than the fan, the fan base. Sure. 
All right. Um, I will uh, go ahead and ask, will you be in attendance at Fort Quincy when Rugby ATL travels up there for the game on oh, April 22nd? It's next Saturday. Um, yeah. I'm doing what I can to be okay. there. Yep. Um, I have some work commitments um, that Thursday and Friday mm-hmm. um, on the opposite end of the country. <laughs> uh Oh, wow. Oh, geez. So if I can make it, I will absolutely be there and I would love to tailgate and kick off the match beforehand with all of you it's it's been too long for sure yeah it's been what a full season i know you were there last year and i I think it would be great it would so be so good to see you you know at fort quincy once again so it would be a great thing if you could come out Uh, always nice to see you of course but uh you were on the show in the offseason talking about atlanta's new drafted players and their new offseason acquisitions tell us about the impact players that the rangers the free jacks fans need to be aware of Oh man, you you like really opening Pandora's box here. <laughs> um, you know, we um, we lost a few players um, yes. that retired or you know really um, in, ended their season at um, Atlanta or were traded, and so I think we. And, and I'm certain you've seen this in the highlights and the players um, of the week from mm-hmm. MLR, but a couple of big impact players, um, Rowita Biddle at the 15, um, okay. has been a hard-hitting, super-fast, con-catching player, um, being man of the match for the past two matches at okay. home. Nice. Whip smart, super fast um, out there and is a really impact player. Um, also, uh, you know, I have this in Seth Purdy. Um, you know, we've got also, I'm just looking at this lineup, Jack Shaw at the mm-hmm. center. Um, and then also, I don't know if you noticed, um, but we have um, a player coming back out of retirement. Yes. Uh, Connor, yeah. right? Yeah. Connor, yep. So mm-hmm. Connor's back in action on the lineup. Um, that's going to be great to see Cookie back out there. And, right. Uh, yep. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So um, just you know, a really good dynamic with the set pieces, um, Mm -hmm. just an unbelievably strong, strong line of forwards, Um, fast backs. We know it, um, you know, we're facing a really tough one against New England at home. But, you know, the boys stick, uh, you know, focus on what they do in practice and going to take it on the road as well. Very good. I, one of the players that I've always really enjoyed watching at, in uh, rugby ATL is uh, Johan Momsen from South Africa, oh, a towering absolutely. lock. Very, very good player. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Co-captain I, with Matt Heats and uh, just such a stand-up gentleman, yes. strong player. I mean, mm-hmm. it is unbelievable what he can do on that pitch. He has a Greek was connection with coach uh, Scott Matthew as well. So maybe yes. we might see him in New England at some point. I don't know. You guys, I know you guys don't want to give hey. him up, but uh, hey. yeah, yeah. listen, yeah, <laughs> we got Connor Keys. So, I mean, you know, we might as well get the whole set, right? We got to get the other one. What a great addition we got with Connor. I mean, yes. just a terrific great person, great player. Yes. I think culture wise, it's a great fit too. Agree a thousand percent. What a great guy he is. I've talked to him quite a bit and um, off the pitch. Very, very nice guy. Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, what is going on with Atlanta season so far? What has really stood out to you about their on-field play? 
Yeah, unfield play, you know, last year they really came out with a lot of structured play and they went into that. I think what you'll see with some of the Kiwis and how they play in together is just letting that unstructured play mm-hmm. um, fall into place and okay. letting them do what they do best. Um, you know, keeping that penalty count down is top of the list for Coach <laughs> Steve Brett. Okay. Um, but really letting them fall into place now um you know it was a two and four uh record with uh dc going into this past weekend Mm -hmm. essentially it was a must win match for both of those teams to stay alive in the eastern conference and i think we saw that you know they came out with a a dominating performance in treacherous conditions let me tell you that rain (laughs) was pelting down and it was so so cold so Bring on your cold days in New England. We're ready for it. <laughs> it was 90 um, degrees here today, Tammy. So oh I don't gosh, know how cold it's going to be. We'll see. Yeah. Summer's there. So, yeah. So, I think, you know, three and four in the season right now. Um, midway through, the boys are healthy. Seeing them settle into a culture now with each other. And uh, I think they know they, they're traveling to New Orleans this mm-hmm. weekend. Yep. Another Eastern Conference. They That's are, a big rivalry. Yep. It's a big rivalry, but they have an, a squeaky clean record against NOLA. They right. have not dropped one game it's against incredible. NOLA in yeah. the history of competition. That's a great stat right there. Like knocking on all the wood. <laughs> <laughs> That's something to really hang your hat on because it, it is truly a rivalry. It's, yeah. it's truly the only two yeah. Southern teams that exist in MLR. Yeah. So you know that you guys are always going to butt heads for sure. But for Atlanta to come out on top every single time in that contest. Every time. Is, it's it's pretty so it's something that you should definitely beat your chest about you know and 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 say yeah. that we're we're the best in the south all right um all right let's move over <laughs> hey to... I listen we got Miami coming next year the Miami true Sharks. that is true listen yep. how many players are gonna want to be in Miami I want to know about that like who's lining up to be in Miami <laughs> I know Cam Dolan from Nola is from. I don't know if it's specifically Miami, but that area for sure. So wouldn't it be interesting if he makes his way from NOLA oh, to um, Back to the Miami. hometown. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. And, and he's a, a very, very impactful player. It's a great spot to draft. Yeah, yes. great spot to draft some players though. Mm-hmm. For sure, for yeah. sure. I wanted to ask you about the identity of this Atlanta team. What type of rugby do they want to play? Look, they are an aggressive um <laughs> forward like just an aggressive forward pack. physical right um yep. they are super physical yeah absolutely the physicality in every game that we have seen is unmatched mm-hmm. they are unrelenting <laughs> i mean you've seen that defensive line they are just not gonna let um like dc they just wouldn't let dc score so it's really hard to get behind them i mean even you know rowita biddle he's making big tackles um yeah cook great hair chrisland yeah great yes. hair <laughs> very much so um yeah so um you know everyone steps up for, to play the game how they mm-hmm. um are really going to just show up i think there's nothing that they're going to let past them so very physical team strong defense that they're just not going to let up um not afraid to go for it they They've sat in the Sinbin a few times. Um, but, yeah, I think they're super fast, um, quick hands, and uh, they they a lot of their conversions come from lineouts and scrums. So, okay. Yeah, so I think that's an impressive um, uh, stat to have. 
For sure. You know, with the, the South African connection down there, it, obviously they want to play fit very physical and they want to be, uh, you know, very, very tough uh, in the forward area. But at the same time, you were talking about that Kiwi injection into the team. So that's more of a little bit more faster ball type of up-tempo rugby ball in hand type of stuff. So it's kind of interesting to see wh where where we are in the league. Coach, uh, Assistant coach Mike Rogers talked about, you know, you can go to different places in MLR with the different franchises and see different types of rugby. And, and yeah. if you go to like uh, just specifically in New Zealand, if you're in the domestic competitions there, everybody plays the same type of style. So he yeah. really appreciates uh, sure, that different sure. flavor of rugby that's all across this country that's being built up Absolutely. because of the yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what's the beauty of the MLR is that you are seeing so many different players from different regions coming together to mm -hmm. play on a team. Um, so you've seen a lot of these different set pieces. You've seen yes. a lot of these different styles interwoven into one specific mm -hmm. team, which is really unique. And right. I think what also people underestimate what that really takes to get that working. Mm -hmm. um, and so sometimes it takes a team half a season to actually get right. moving. Yeah. Or, you know, it depends what that looks like for the second half. So I think, you know, it, it's no one's confidence just yet. Um, playoffs top three. So mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to see in these next couple of weeks that will really determine what yeah. lands up on the top three. I mean, the the wild, wild west right now, but I think the Eastern <laughs> Conference is, is, is pretty solid and it has been for the past couple of years. Yeah. You know, you, kind of know who's going to be in the first two slots and then the third one is always a bit of a uh, a bit of a wild card but yeah it's true it's true when we talked about our way too early predictions on this show with the outriders that we had all of our you know yeah. frequent contributors we talked about who do we think is going to be in the top three in the eastern conference and you always got to throw new england towards the top and then new york is annoyingly good right you know unfortunately for us but <laughs> that third spot is kind of i wouldn't say wide open but there's there's a lot of possibilities of, of a team that could make their way into the playoffs including mm -hmm. uh rugby atl i think NOLA has really uh, improved in the offseason. So that's going to yeah. be an interesting matchup this weekend as to who comes out on top. Uh, and then, of course, the Free Jacks will be playing yeah. uh, Atlanta at Fort Quincy. That's why we have you on. But I wanted yeah. to ask you, let's go back for a moment. I wanted to ask you about, you've been doing sideline reporting down there in Atlanta. How has that been going? Oh, it has been an absolute blast. I nice. love it. It is Good. so fun. Just the cadence of my week for a home game is just such a dreamer. It's been so fun. Like Wednesday evening, I'll talk to Coach Steve Brett, hear mm -hmm. what he's going on, what he's been preparing, how the team's doing. Um, I'll catch up with some of the boys, um, you know, see what they're doing, what they're preparing, what's, what's going through their minds. Mm -hmm. um, we'll do an MLR production call on a Thursday or Friday evening, just before the match um, and just then connect with some of the analysts on either team mm -hmm. um, hear what they sort of working on and then you know it's it's chasing the coaches like let me tell you I get my sprints going when it's um, <laughs> at the half time because I'm like right. I need to know what you said in that change room and let me tell you what coach Brett tells me as he walks out there is not what happens is not what he tells the boys let me just oh, tell you. okay <laughs> yeah so it's a, it's a bit I of an edited version right Oh, I get the trimmed down little edited version. Right. And it's just so fun. I mean, hearing what's going on on both sides of the benches, it can get really intense. It's a lot of fun. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's just such a, a pleasure to be among the teams and to mm -hmm. be among our team who right. I have so much respect for our coaches, for our president, for our players. 
And I think what they're doing to come together and build something special, um, it, it's it's just I'm so lucky to be a part of it and thankful to be to be there on the sidelines and try and share with fans and new fans at home right. what's really going on. I'll try and make it fun. You know, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. not everyone knows the whole game and not everyone knows all the rules. Um, so if I can bring a little bit of fun to it, um, I, I love it. So, yeah, that's great. What's been your favorite yeah. interview so far this season? Oh, let me see. What has it been? Um, you know, it's always fun when I'm interviewing the boys kind of getting the background and they just, you know, aggravating whomever I'm interviewing. So that can be kind of fun. Right. You know, I really love um, interviewing some of the South African boys. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just fun. You know, we yeah. both get on into a, a bit of a thicker accent and a couple oh, yes. of words, slang words will start flying. A lot um, of bras, so right? So it's a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, bruise, here and yeah. there, a lot of has a brew and a lot yeah. of um little things will pop in and i'm not sure if anyone picks up on some of the little phrases i'll do but like i'll pick up on some of the phrases that rugby pass and the rugby network are throwing out there mm -hmm. and i remember it was a, an interview i did with new york and we had lost to them that match it was like devastating right and um and if you remember that um that meme that came out it's like all these rugby interviews and it's like credit to the boys, credit to the boys, credit to the boys. Yep. And during that interview, I was like, yeah, credit to the boys. And I was like, high five, pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a lot of fun with it. Um, but it, it's been good. The boys are great. It's usually chasing after them after the match. They want to get with the team and have their little huddle before they, they break off. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, they're great. They are just so wonderful to work mm -hmm. with. Yeah. I'm so glad that you're still involved with this because your passion for rugby really shines through. And and all of our contributors and the people that we have on, they're very, very passionate people about rugby. Yeah. But yours is just like through the roof. I, I love having you <laughs> on here because you always you always get me fired up about, you know, the next game that's going to be happening against our two teams. So I really appreciate you being on here. Oh, it's my pleasure. I love it. You know, it's, this game is such a... a it's just wonderful. The culture is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Just on and off the pitch, you just don't see that. And mm -hmm. I think we can all contribute to helping this yes. game grow in the country. Yes. We've got a long way to go, but we mm -hmm. have to just keep each season adding a little bit yep. more to it, add a couple more spectators and fans mm -hmm. and get people involved. And, and it's fun. I mean, if anything, girls are out there for the tall boys and the short shorts. What else, <laughs> what else are you there for? Go, go for the beer, go for whatever it is. But. <laughs> very funny. Very funny. Yeah. It, I mean, ultimately what you're saying is like, we're, we're building all of this stuff together and like, it's so Absolutely. early on in the history of yeah. this professional league here. So it, it feels like we're really building, you know, to something. Very, very, very yeah. good. Yeah, and for it's sure. Really and rising awesome tides, yeah. Yes. And rising tides lift all ships. So if Amen. you're growing a fan base in New England, you're growing a fan base in Atlanta. It's good for the sport. Yes, that's yeah. a great way to put it. Um, so yeah. on this show in the off season, you made very, probably a very, very wise choice and chose not to provide a way too early prediction for your Atlanta, uh, excuse me, rugby <laughs> ATL squad. Uh, do you think this squad is a playoff team and do they have enough to win the whole thing if they are a playoff team? They are a playoff team. And I think you're going to see that come out in the second half of the season. I have to say that, listen, Steve Brett told me they're a playoff team when I asked him for a, a way too early prediction. Mm -hmm. And it was playoff team, period. So that's okay. where I'm going to leave this. 
<laughs> I love that. That's a that's a very very optimistic. But I mean, you guys have a reason to be optimistic in Atlanta because haven't you made the playoffs every single year that you've existed every or something year. like that? That's yeah, I mean, we've... that is so consistent, right? Yeah, the Very consistency good. is key. It's hard to do, mm -hmm. and I think this season they're gonna need to put get their heads down and and really get to it. Mm -hmm. um, for the second half of the season is really important, and they know that. And yes. um, I think it, it all comes down to these next several weeks. I think we've got five more home, four more home games, um, and we're on the road quite a bit. So mm -hmm. going to be quite a challenge. We'll see that we have um, the Free Jacks on the 22nd of April, and then they turn around and they're here the first week of June in Atlanta. That's right. So yeah. um, back to back, that's that's quite a that's quite a um, strong schedule on the road. But I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fantastic. Love to see Fox Sports picking up more yes. um, more matches. This is phenomenal yeah. for the sport. Rugby Network is absolutely critical to the growth yep. of the game. And, um, sure. you know, the playoffs are going to be fun. I'm curious. It's at Chicago Hounds. Um, mm. You know, interesting choice, but it seems like a middle ground for everyone. It is um, technically a middle ground. Yeah, that's for middle sure. Middle ground. We would have liked Since to have it will not Quincy, see, I, obviously, but uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I know. Listen, kudos to you and the entire fan base and to Mags and to this team for bringing the, the fans you do into the, the stadium. I love what you've done. Um, I'm, I have a very soft spot in my heart for the Free Jacks. <laughs> I, you know, I, I still have an entire closet full of all the swag. So I love um, that. I'm a big fan. I always will be. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah. So for I'm those really that, proud of what you've done. Thank you very much. You know, most of the credit goes to the actual club. But, you know, we, we try to help out a little bit, too, with fan engagement. I wanted to let yeah. people know that may not be aware of what we're talking about is Tammy used to work for the Free Jacks. She would commute from yeah. Atlanta to New England every single home game, uh, which is incredible. And uh, we thank you for your service for sure. But now you're with Rugby ATL in your hometown there. Um, yeah. Let, let's talk about real quick here, because ultimately the next two questions are really the most important because there is a game coming up on April the 22nd, as we've been talking about. Yeah. How does Rugby ATL come into Fort Quincy and get a win against the Jacks in the madhouse that is Fort Quincy? You listen, that that fan base and the, and the audience really dictates the play. And I've seen it happen and I've seen mm -hmm. how they've shifted um, entire momentum mm -hmm. in, in, in the games at home. So really and truly it's staying focused and playing their own game and not getting into the game of the free jacks, which is going to be really <laughs> important. They're going to stay focused on their play. Um, you know, Steve Brad, a, a Kiwi as well, knows how a heavy Kiwi side plays. So right. um, I think they're going to have to come in really focused. They're going to be locked in. Mm -hmm. um, they know it's a big match. They, they know it is. They've got to keep that pressure at bay, but, but play to it. It's a great keep way Keep the to penalties down. <laughs> yes, I listen. The Free Jacks need to do the same thing. The past two oh. weeks, Tam, we've had like twelve penalties. One on oh the road God. in Utah, and we lost that one. And then, of course, against Chicago, we won that game. But I mean, that's just too many. So you've no, really got to cut those in half. Yeah, mm -hmm. let me tell you, both teams are, are really needing to keep their penalty count down. Mm -hmm. um, or and I and I listen. This is a high intensity, high emotional game. So I think yeah. you're going to see that. You saw it the last time that they were on the pitch together, mm -hmm. um, and it's going to come through again. So high intensity is going to be a great match to watch. Um, sure. But yeah, I'll be cheering for the boys. Very good. And finally, your score prediction for the game. You got a score prediction for us? I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. 
because okay. of the strong defense from Atlanta yep. and the strong, strong defense from the Free Jacks as well. Um, I think I'm going to go, hmm. You know, dare I say this? I'm going to go 10-9 Atlanta. Wow, that is so low. But you know what? I think so it low. makes a lot of sense. Both of the teams are very, very physical, and both of yeah. the teams pride themselves on defense. So I, yeah. I appreciate that low-scoring uh, affair because ultimately – if we look at the uh, all of the games, I think uh, Diamond Dave did uh, this math here. He said the most common score in MLR is like 31 points, which is a lot, you know. So yeah. I, I really appreciate a defensive struggle. So I think that could be very yeah. entertaining as well. I Everybody, mm -hmm. I don't think it'll be more than 31 points. I'll say that. I don't yeah, think yeah, yeah. <laughs> the it's going to be more than 31 points. Sure. That's for sure. It's going to be I, below that. I would take, definitely take the under on that as well. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. going to be a tough one for Atlanta. But listen, you can't put an Atlanta representative on a live show and expect them <laughs> to give a win to That's the true. opposing team. Absolutely not. I'm all in for the for rugby ATL. Love it. Love it. I don't think we've ever had a correspondent bet against their own team or, or provide a Con prediction against their team, which I completely understand. I understand the <laughs> optimism that you would have for sure. You have to. Listen, I'm all in. Very good. Very good. Uh, final thing here. I'm going to open up the floor to you to speak directly to Free Jacks fans. What do you have to say to them? Oh, this is this is a good one. I, usually you're hitting me with the um, too fast. What are those? The, well, the rapid, yes, the one question. word associations. Um, yeah. We're, we've yeah. retired that for at least temporarily. We've retired that. Okay. Um, you know, I've sat amongst uh, the fans at Fort Quincy, got mm -hmm. so many friends up there. Yeah. Um, just thank you for the magic and the passion you bring to every single match. This game needs it. The league needs it. And just thank you for showing up every um, every every single match. And have a Baxter's beer for me, please. Oh, there you go. Very, very <laughs> good. <laughs> All right. So with that yeah. being said, Tamma, we've got one word to exit the video. I'm sure you know what it is at this point. In three, two, one. Huzzah! Huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I am joined with my boy, Bozo6, and we have a very, very special guest this time around. This is BT from the infamous Rugby Pick'em podcast. How the hell are you, boys? Fellas, it's an absolute honor to be here. I can't tell you how many times I've been listening to your pod in public and, you know, with absolutely no shame, just shouting huzzah in a public place <laughs> and, and drawing oh, eyes. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm addicted to it. I actually think I'm, I'm on to something here. In order to get the huzzahs to link up, yeah. I have to say it on two or one. So I'm gonna. I might okay. come in a little earlier today, but those hazas—they're gonna be right on point. A premature hazah. That's all right. We'll get. We'll get it. Else, we'll get it settled. Settle in. Bozo, how can a doc, can a, can, a, can a doctor prescribe a pill for that? The premature hazah. <laughs> is, there, is there a pill? It might for have that? to. Might have to later. <laughs> Yikes! But I, Dude, I swear, I, I've startled many a train or a bus or a, a public setting with a loud. Huzzah! That's exactly what we want people to do that are listening. Hell you know? yeah! Hell yeah! They get awkward stares, but you know it's 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 our thing. It's an inside thing. Bozo, how the hell are you? I'm storming along. I'm here. My head's <laughs> shiny. I need good, a cut. Good. I need a cut in the morning, man. I need a cut. I need to. Yeah, man. Looking a little what? long for you, huh? I'm doing good though. All right, you know. good. Good. You know, you would think that I would pull the questions up because I was just talking about them prior to us going live, but that hasn't happened yet. So I'm just going to take a second here. There we go. All right. BT. It's called a tactical pause. Tactical it's, pause. It's, a, it's a dramatic pause. BT, dramatic where are you from, pause. man? Uh, I grew up in Connecticut, but I was lucky really? enough to have my family just 
kind of moved to Australia out of the blue in 03. I think my dad was convinced that prices were down post 9-11. So he's like, let's just throw the family in, in the bus or plane or however you get there and let's do this. And luckily, that's where I learned my footy. That's where I learned my code. Okay. Uh, and then when I got back to the States, uh, my high school had it, Fairfield Prep, and uh, just ran with it from oh. there. So I tend to know a lot of the people who have trickled into the uh, the Free Jacks fandom um, mm-hmm. from the Northeast. And I definitely know what a mass hole is from my two <laughs> mass hole cousins uh, yeah. to the first Free Jacks game that I went to. I'm sure we'll talk all about it. But yeah, yeah I grew up in the Northeast. But um, after college, I just kind of was like, hey, I want to get out of town. And um, Colorado was calling. I looked up the club scene there. It was going to be the Denver Barbarians or Glendale. Mm-hmm. I chose my family right. I bleed green and white to this day. So been with the Denver Barbarians for the past decade now. Damn. Kind of on to my, my old boy wow. days. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely post-COVID realized that I had a lot more to organ- offer as an organizer than an old man throwing his body uh, sure. against the wall. So just kind of soft retired, as I like to say. Um, yep. And I've been running the Barbo sevens ever since and really just digging into coaching um, because I love growing the game. Um, you know, I really put my money where my mouth is when it comes to that type of stuff. Coach mm-hmm. middle school, high school, college, Barbos. Um, and I've even helped out with, you know, some Falcons camps here and there um, at the nice, high performance dude. level. So happy to dig into it. Cause I know plenty of, of your free Jacks and plenty yeah. of the surrounding free Jack fandom. I even got a funny story about meeting Buzzy at the 2015 oh, rugby world cup. One of our wow. favorites. Buzzy is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so fire yeah. away, man. That that's, I got a funny, but I got a funny buzz story too. Well, yeah, funny you should say that. Should we just go with funny buzz stories right well, I'll now? I'll tell you, the day I met him, <laughs> it's it, the we, episode. We bought, uh, it was uh, New Zealand Tonga up in Newcastle. Okay. I've taken the train up there with <clears throat> Elliot Dylan Herzog, a guy who had played for Buzzy at the Maccabi Games. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, yeah, we're going to meet this old guy, Buzzy. He's a legend. Like, I met his son, but trust me, this old guy's <laughs> legit. So we're sitting at this pub like midday for a night game you know, beers around noon, you know how that works out. Mm-hmm. And uh, Buzzy and Murph and all these like Irish guys, you know, Irish sound in Boston guys show yep. up and the rest was history, man. Buzzy, I love seeing him at things like Rugger Fest, Rugby Town. He's just one of those guys. Like when I think Free Jack fandom, yep. Buzzy's the guy. He's um, right there up there. He's a sneaky pick because everybody thinks like he, Spider, the camera loves Spider because he's uh, he's decked out in the whole uh, Continental Army uh, get up and he's got the 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 whole tricorn hat and he's got the look. But sne- he, Buzzy is a sneaky pick for the best Free Jack fan of all time. That guy goes everywhere to support the Free Jacks. Um, uh, the, the the story that I want to tell real quick is uh, at the New York game, the most recent one, he was in Florida that day. And flew up just to see the Free Jacks. And, of course, uh, obviously, um, Mystic River played in the opening game of that game. And then flew directly back to Florida. What a legend, man. Like, (laughs) Sounds about Buzz. Yeah. I mean, I honestly want to get to the point where I'm like Buzzy, where my money's right. And I can just do the exact amount of rugby that I want. I mean, he actually talked with me quite a bit when we met that weekend of, like, what it means to properly throw yourself into grassroots. Because I had told him, you know, I'm – doing my thing at the Barbos, but I want to help. I really want to grow the game. And yeah, he walked me through the paces, man. There's no better guy to go out and have beers with and just talk rugby than Buzzy. 
He's the best, man. I want that buzzy fuck you money. That's what I want. That's what I'm. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to get to right there. That man. Kenny, yeah. that Colonel Kenny Thompson you, money. You got to close some big, big stakes uh, tech deals first. No though. kidding, yeah. right? No kidding. <laughs> Bozo, what, yeah. do you uh, have a good bu- uh, buzzy story? I mean, it's not like the greatest of stories, but like I was like a young early twenties kid just out of college. And I found my way on the mystic and like all of a sudden I was just in this dude's like tricked out Mercedes Benz, like SUV. And we're parking like literally right next to TD garden. And the guy at the fucking parking thing, my bad. The guy at the parking thing knows him and he's just like, Hey buzz. And it's like, my God is this this guy's a this guy's a guy and i'm like this is awesome and we were playing it because i was like playing a lot of b-side uh his son mikey wasn't even in college yet he was in mm-hmm. high school at the time like just tossing the rock around with men's b-sides it was wild so yeah the whole rosinski families man they're 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 awesome they're awesome for the game happy to have them up here in the northeast it's great sure. and it's yeah. cool that other people around the country know of their legendary endeavors oh yeah rugby royalty for sure absolutely yep. that's a great way to describe it that whole family you know mikey went to carolina i didn't i didn't i wasn't there with him but you know he's an alumni just like i am and uh yeah good guy uh ar ref by the way and mlr he was yep. he was ar in our game the last one that, that fort quincy so very very cool let's uh talk about the beginning of rugby pick'em how did that get started Phil, it's a great question because why would anybody start a podcast considering all the work that goes into it, which is why I have so much respect for like these two hour massive shows you're putting out. We, we started, it it must've been spring of 18 and MLR is happening. It's about to go. And there were people putting out really good content. Matt McCarthy comes to mind, rugby Mm -hmm. media goat. Um, But I'm, I'm not going to lie. There was some crap content being put out as well. Like, these little Skype calls. I kind of know that's the new norm now post COVID. Yeah. But like, man, I would be listening to some of these and it's like a conference call, you know, like, uh, Bob, are you still there? You know, like, <laughs> and I'm like, wouldn't it be fun if we just like got in a room, had a couple beers and hashed it out? Yeah. So I, we always said we wanted to make you feel like you were in the room, which is why I never really wanted to do a lot of, of calls and, and Skype ins. Hey, mm-hmm. it's a going right now. I'm happy to make contact no matter how but phil if you're ever in denver we got to sit down and do it old school i'd love Um, to man so i sat down with my guy uncle johnny who's a regular on the show we had an old curmudgeon named harpo who would come on and give some great vocab takes yeah Yeah. great vocab um, drop right there curmudgeon love that i Mm -hmm. quickly learned phil that i had no clue how to publish content how to push it out on the internet so yeah, I kind of use rugby pick them as a, a way to learn. And I'm happy I didn't get in the podcast game earlier when I was younger, because I probably would have fired off some takes that I would come to regret. So I, I was, <laughs> it wasn't until I was 28. I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm pretty well educated on the scene. And hey, sure. we have a fledgling new league after the total shit show that was 2016 pro rugby. Oh boy. I was like, hopefully Vomit. this league is going to stick. Let's yeah. follow it every week. And we ended up with the name Rugby Pick'em because we also, you know, like the rest of the world knew that legalized gambling was coming. And we're like, maybe that's kind of our edge. Maybe we talk about the spreads and the lines. Mm -hmm. Now, turns out after you do three weeks in a row and you're like, holy shit, we do not have the gas to go every single week. (laughs) We just started pivoting into like following the league, recording when we wanted to record. And I actually like doing like deep dives a lot better with players and really mm-hmm. telling their story instead of like, hey, what's the hot news out of the MLR? Okay. Um, you probably come to know this, Phil, but like when you sit down, record and talk about something that just happened, 
I call that like, that's time sensitive, right? So mm. you then have to yep. push that out no matter what. So I got all these like deadlines and my jobs and stuff. And I'm staying up till 3 a.m. to get hot content out. And I'm just like, this is not the path that I want to go down. And yep. a lot of people are like, oh, monetize it, get sponsors. And I'm like, I just like getting on a recording. I don't mm -hmm. like making it a job. So yeah, we started 2018 and it's morphed into a million different types of conversations. Some are just fun bullshit and pods. Some we have great players on and get an amazing story into their lives. I mean, I still think one of our best interviews is with my old friend, Ben Pinkelman, kind of right as he was going into his push to get on the 2019 Rugby World Cup team. But mm -hmm. yeah, just some great guys. Like you said, old Tommy LaMorale has been on the show every now and then. Tommy, yep. no picks, right? Because we'd, <laughs> we'd ask him to pick a game and he would yep. just waffle and waver. Um, <laughs> so that almost became tradition, right? That he's like sure. incapable of actually picking. But, you know, looking back on it, I'm so happy I did it, Phil, because it now helps me with my business, how I do messaging online. Um, mm -hmm. I just kind of learned through this, BS thing of a podcast, how yeah, the internet works. And um, yeah, that's kind of how it started. And um, as far as I know, it's it's the longest running MLR pod because we, we have not stopped and we did start the day before the season. So even though you guys put out way better content, probably a thousand <laughs> more clicks, uh, we are technically grandfathered in as the longest running MLR pod. But I'll tell you where you miss them in a nutshell. I'll tell you where you missed in that. See, you had to take my route to it where you just latch on to someone else who's already doing the work <laughs> and, then, and yeah. then just appear when you're available and provide exactly. awesome hot takes and yeah. just make a fool wanna, of yourself. Yeah, that term latch is tough because I very much realize like I'm not a solo mic guy. I don't enjoy yeah, right. speaking to space. I'm an energy guy. I got to bounce it back and forth. Yep. And when I finally got a rhythm with Uncle Johnny and Tommy, you know, those are the fun ones that we always did in person. Um, but you know, you gotta get new guests, but I think a podcast also has to have, it's like regular go-to segments and mm -hmm. you two breaking down the game. Diamond Dave is just yeah. very attention oriented, detailed. Bozo, I just gotta say you, you got, I, I joked, you got a voice and maybe a face for radio. Oh yeah. hundred percent. You see these scars, man? I got a, I got a hairline to, to, to beat the band too, man. But I'm your not voice made for the... is so good, man. It's, it's silky. It's radio quality. Yeah. You know what they call that in the uh, in the army? They call that command presence. I got that. Oh, you know what I mean? Like they that. don't want to look there at me. And, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, they, they don't mind is. listening. But for now, for now, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how that well, goes. Well, Phil, the me. first time I edited mine back, it was like nails on a chalkboard. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm whining nasally <laughs> as hell. But you learn, you learn to get around it and you learn to hear yourself. And Absolutely. You just got to deal with it. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's, a thousand that's champagne. Percent, that's champagne stuff. Really right. That is a it hot is. take. That is a hot take. Big time. I'll tell you what, man. Like, I, I really enjoy your podcast. I listened a lot to it prior to the season just to kind of get warmed up, you know, wanted to hear some guys talking rugby. And I think, you know, what you want to execute is very, very well executed where you want it to just, just be sound like a, punch, a, a circle of guys talking about rugby. I think you guys do that very, very well. It may be the best out of any rugby podcast that I've ever listened to. You kind of feel like you're right there and, and talking to guys you've known for, you know, 15 years that you've been playing rugby with. So I, I really commend you on that. Hats off to that for sure. I really well, enjoyed you, you're welcome. I, I really enjoyed the conversations you've had with uh, Harpo and the, and telling the stories about the old uh, Sevens team that he started up that was like world beaters. That stuff is so cool, man. I love hearing stories like that. Well, Very you know cool. what I think makes it work is like, 
media can be very serious sometimes yeah. and and you'll see that at the test level right they're asking gary gold like how can we be better like of course he wants to win and he's got to yeah. give those hard answers but you know i always thought dan power was so good at like taking the piss out of himself you know <laughs> some guys like yeah. they have this air of seriousness and it's like hey bud just just take a step back like you know, you admire McCarthy, like he's willing to take the piss out of himself. Yep. And yeah, if you're not willing to laugh at yourself, then you're kind of like holding yourself on a bit of a pedestal. So sure. I think that's the content I like, and that's what we go for. And we just want to give the average fan, even if they don't know rugby that well, be like, all right, these guys are just kind of like shooting the shit and, and having fun with each other. So yeah, if you're into that type of content, um, I've been slacking a bit this year. I just got married, so I blacked out for the last eight weeks in preparation. Yeah. Um, but I do want to tease a couple of things I got in the pipeline. You're going to like this. It, we got, uh, yeah, go ahead. we got an interview from Mike Matarazzo, who okay. at the time when I interviewed him was going to Dallas. Now he's with Chicago. Um, right. I got a friend of mine who started a neurofeedback business. Um, anytime we talk about mental health or concussions in rugby, I, I want to mm -hmm. put a spotlight on that. Mm -hmm. Apparently Phil, you can rewire your brain to help yourself with mental illness. So that's something that's gonna drop soon. And the last one, this is big because I've been sitting on this thing since summer of 21. Broccoli wow. guy, we got oh, Okay. Wow. I was so hungover Sunday morning after Club <laughs> Sevens Nationals and we had been texting and we saw each other at the stadium. I'm like, hey man, before I leave town, let's do an interview. So we did it in his little beater car uh, 9 a.m. I was absolutely dying, but wow. that audio is still there and, and it should hit the airwaves soon. Broccoli man. Uh, one of the more interesting characters. I know you guys met him. Yeah. Uh, absolute legend. But yeah, that was I, I looked over and I'm like, I'm interviewing broccoli man in a Seattle uh, hotel parking lot in his car. Love um, and of course he offered me snacks, you know, of that's course just he how did. he rolls. Yeah. Of course it is. So what that should come soon. <laughs> that's exciting, man. You know, we had him on the show last, what was it? Two weeks ago at this point, he was there at Fort Quincy once again for the second year in a row. Uh, I just really, I, I, you know, I think he's fantastic. I think he's great for the sport. Not a lot of people get it. People are like, what the hell is this guy doing? But you know, it's all about joy and it's all about, you know, people enjoying themselves so yeah and, and he really helps with the it's so rugby it's so on brand for rugby especially like rugby sevens like people dress up they become characters for what two days you know so it, he's very very um he's a legend as far as i'm concerned yeah, yeah. we've already nailed two buzzy and broccoli man but yeah um, let's 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 do free jacks legends you guys want to hop into the jacks and then maybe we can do my terrible bowl predictions at the end Sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm seeing that you're wearing you me a, uh, Evan Geist uh, t-shirt there. One well, of the there original Free Jacks, right? That was going to be my trivia. Oh, you know, okay. although I have a very close Spoiler. relationship with Puma, <laughs> uh, Zach Batris, who yep. is arguably the best content creator all time of the Free Jacks, mm. and the answer is Evan Geist, Free Jack yep. number twenty-one. Do you guys remember his "We're Tough as Nails" video? No, I don't recall that one. Oh man, I gotta go find this. It's it's gotta Link be on one bio. of the free jack. Yeah, it's gotta be on one of the old free jack speeds, <laughs> but he basically like just smashes through like some pond ice and he's like sitting there in, in freezing cold temperature with like no shirt on. Oh man, I, I gotta find it for you guys. We'll follow up. But uh yeah, Evan Geist was my old flanking partner uh no in kidding. 2018 for the Denver Barbarians, and nice. you know. 
I don't know if you guys have seen like in a Lucy group, there's usually two really hard gritty guys who get over the ball and then a, a flanker is more like skills based. And mm. I was happy to be the skills based, <laughs> you know, like, almost right. an extra back flanker where Kevin's sure. guy's game was getting over the ball and just being so strong. And yeah, man, he was part of that official movement. I remember he was moving out there. He's like, Hey, this thing's going to happen. Uh, they want me with mystic, but yeah, man, what a great guy. Love Evan and tackled by guys. Nice. little Yeah. He's a shirt fisherman, punk. right? That's yeah, uh, one of his yeah. things that he does. That's cool, man. He Good likes to land like big, big, big fights, you know, not, not the small time stuff. It's like those two hour, you got to fight the fish to get it on deck type of deal. But yeah, man, one of my all time favorite free jacks for sure. Um, he had a tough time getting selected. Ryan Martin wasn't really a big American guy, <laughs> but uh, I, I get it. You're a coach. You're brought in. You want to win. You're going to go with the Kiwi talent. And, sure. You know, we could have a long conversation of Americans versus internationals, but um, the next batch of guys who, who I absolutely love because I had the pleasure of working with them in the, the U23 pathway camp. Um, they had all these young guys phone into Glendale for about 10 weeks in fall mm -hmm. of 21. Uh, yep. Paul Emmerich coached the stat or coached the team. And I was just kind of your do it all manager. Turns out when you get, you know, young 21 year old guys and put them in Glendale, Colorado with access to God knows what, um, and the babysitter goes home and, and goes to bed, things, things, they get a little out of hand. We finished the camp on top, but I, I felt like, you know, I was in the middle, middle school classroom at times where I'm like, come on, guys, you shouldn't <laughs> be doing these things. Uh, but, of course, Zach Bastris, the Puma, yep. uh, Mika Lomano was yep. part of that camp, Micaiah Winyard, one of my favorites, and uh, mm -hmm. Big Javon Camp Villavobos. Yes. I believe he almost got – he got his cap with Houston, right? Originally – but I think he played one game after that trade or when he came back okay. alone, probably. So officially a free jack. Officially yeah. a free jack. I think he played one game for us. And I think now he's over in Australia right now doing his thing. So good for him. Yeah, I love those guys. And just hearing that, you know, they were talking with TK. I'm like, hey, here, the only advice I could give you is if you go out there, make good with Magleby and make good with Buzzy. And mm -hmm. the rest will take care of it. Because like That's Buzzy, right. legit, I remember shooting him a message be like, hey, this guy, Zach Bastris is coming. Look out for him. And um, yeah, I mean, Zach's clearly excelled, right? Because he's the yep. only one still on the roster. But That's right. I mean, the, the way that guy moves, I think the Puma is perfect, but I've been pushing Air Bastris. Because of that Bastris. try he okay. had against the Gilgronies last year. Remember, he yep. got up for that. That's right. That ball that bounces notoriously high off the turf. He's got ups, that's for sure. What a player, man. What Dude, player. I, I was going to ask you, did you see him play at all in Northern Colorado? Where he no, was, that's uh, the thing okay. is I, I was the School of Mines coach, and, and we just kind of never crossed paths. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden, I saw him at that camp, and he's like, yeah, I'm from Colorado. And like I said, I was having a tough time, you know, getting the kids to, like, actually behave. And Zach, of course, the one guy doesn't drink, has his own car, willing yep. to help me out with rides. I'm like, thank you for being an adult. Mm -hmm. Really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that could be one of the reasons why he's still in the roster, right? I mean, obviously he's, I got, know. The, he's got the talent, but he also has the discipline uh, to be a professional. So yeah, um, yeah. And I, he loves he loves fifteens. Like I, I tried to get him to play Barbo sevens last summer, and like <laughs> he's like, yeah, I like sevens, I, I like space, but fifteens is kind of my game. And I'm like, hey, respect, I get yeah. that. 
Um, I, he's got the speed for sevens, though. I mean, we, we know that. Last year, he was the fastest guy on the, the Free Jacks. So maybe we'll see him in a Rambling Jester's jersey at some point or another. I think that'd be sick. Oh, I yeah. might have to bring him into Denver Selects before that happens. So, uh, I'll be battling go. just to make sure he remembers his Colorado allegiances. <laughs> I was going to ask wow. you because I think that uh, Quentin Newcomer basically found rugby in Colorado, maybe in Aspen. Did you ever come across him in, in Colorado? No, but I will say that because Colorado has the mountains and Denver is kind of an international, almost transient city, mm-hmm. it's a very, very rugby heavy yeah. state. I would say per capita, Colorado puts out some of the best talent. Um, ben Pinkelman, Eagle Sevens captain, Sam Gala, just first overall for Dallas. He played at East High. I would say per capita, we punch pretty much as high as you can get when it comes to creating talent. Um, Zach Bastris, (laughs) Lafayette, Colorado. Um, But I think, Phil, that's just because a lot of like Europeans or Aussies or Kiwis or Safas or anybody, Mm -hmm. they come over here, they fall in love with the mountains. They fall in love with ski towns like Aspen or Steamboat Springs and they park up and then they spend money on the club, which is how you get, you know, talented guys to come in. I mean, Aspen's notorious, right, for flying in talent for their big tournament, Aspen Ruggerfest or even in the summer when Mm -hmm. the conditions are right to play. So I wouldn't be surprised if if Quentin Newcomber kind of picked up a ball out here. Yeah, um, because, yeah, it's it's the birthplace for a lot of people. Yeah, um, in Colorado, and I think that's just because it has that international flair. It's a good way to put it, man, for sure. I wanted to, you know, because we've been complimenting you. Yeah, I love your show, but we got to get into some of your bold predictions because ours aren't looking. You got to talk right shit. Oh, that's, <laughs> wow, that's what I love about a little Phil. bit. Keep Listen, man, I thought I was bad. I thought I no. was bad, but feels good. He brings a southern politeness, but at the same time, there's a bit of like the SEC trash talk which yeah. I very much respect. It can't all be well and good, not on game day. Sure, That's why man. I'm happy you're fired up over this Fort Toronto BS. Dude, let me tell you, I've restrained myself quite a bit <laughs> good, because good. I want to build community. I love those guys up there. They hosted me. They were fantastic, yeah. very friendly, as you would expect, but they're acting like knuckleheads, and I don't, don't appreciate take, it. Yeah, Don't take the fort if you, if you can't handle it. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I went at him, man. I went yeah, at him. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Well, let me let me tell you what I was thinking with the bold predictions. I've done some of these season previews, and we, like I said, we you know we we report on the minutia, like mm-hmm. what hashtags are the teams using, or mm-hmm. you know who who, what are you know some weird trends they're doing online. But the reality was, I was like, I'm not going to blog for a while. Let me put some real stuff on paper. And you know, the actual pun was that the writing itself was in bold. Um, didn't actually have to be bold, but I was like, let's, let's just do three from the East, three from the West. So I started with that. Dallas was going to overperform. I said six wins. I still am looking at the calendar. Now I'm trying to figure out where those other five are going to happen. Um, but you know, I, I don't really have a team in the MLR. I just root for my guys. And I, I got guys all over the place. Campbell Johnstone, you know, play Barbo seven season Dallas, Jalen Tatum was part of that U23 group. He's in Dallas. So it's like, I wanted Dallas to succeed we for all the longest do. time. So maybe it's it was important. a little bit of that. Yeah. I also yeah. heard potentially, you know, that they put out a, just a bit of a, a win bonus. If they mm-hmm. win this many games and you're a part of those starts, you get a, a, a little extra 2K. I don't know what Not the number bad. was. Not but bad. just hearing that that existed, I'm like, give me Dallas. Give me six wins. The yeah. RGs that aren't getting time for – Pampas yeah. or Los Dogos, 
they're mm-hmm. going to find a way into the Dallas organization towards the end yeah. of the year because, hey, it's a World Cup year. Like every right. Argentinian on the cusp wants to be playing, wants to get his stuff on film. It's true. Has that all actually happened? No. <laughs> they just so close can't really finish it. So they'll probably end with two, maybe three. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But that yeah, fair. that was that was a tough bold prediction because I really thought Dallas was going to shake some things up. But it's it's kind of been same old jackals. Yeah. Um, the other one I was thinking in the West was like, hey, you got your Gilgronies and Giltinis done dirty as as I see it from the player side. All right. your MLR Reddit people can can go eat it because there's nothing worse than an undersourced MLR Reddit commenter who's like, no, this is what I heard. It's like, please, we all know yeah. you know nothing. Right. Um, but I knew the players were pissed and, and they rightfully should have been. They basically got let go without any lead up to why they're getting let go and I thought they'd come back all mad as hell and create a power team and absolutely smash the league. The but pieces are there, BT. Like, it turns out it's harder on? to win yeah. when you're doing it for the first time. So right. maybe it's yep. like facilities, maybe it's this and that. Remember how the Free Jacks had a tough time, you know, year one, like yeah. getting around town or this, mm-hmm. you know, there's just obstacles. So I think I overhyped Chicago. You and this guy right here. I'm going to actually just, I'm going to jump off the screen here and let you guys talk. <laughs> yeah. So what the, hell, what the hell went wrong with that, dude? Oh my God. I hear it every time we got this guy, DC Dan Bolio. He says he's from Merrimack. He's not, he's from Nashua. It's a whole thing. Don't worry about it. That's, that's in the comment section. If you he's, he's about more. to make a comment right now. Watch. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to know more, but this guy won't let me live this one down because that was my bold pick. Like I was convinced for the, all the same reasons that you were like i had actually uh, i went down to free jacks media day and i talked to ben lesage and there was some stuff that i talked about uh not on the on the mic and he wasn't like bad mouthing it or anything he was he was pretty much just fired up to be with the free jacks that was more like his talking point so i, I let him roll with that but i don't know if i was reading correctly i don't know the man like super personally i only met him that one time uh but if i was reading him correctly yeah he was just he was peeved about it too so i thought that how can you take all these players and put them together they were the top two teams in the west and then they just and how can it not go good but apparently let's not forget too the core guys like luke white's you know an old friend he used to run me over nonstop in in glendale barbo's games i'd call it the tire spikes tackle where He'd just completely blow over me and I'd get <laughs> enough of him to bring him down. But, yeah. you know, Glendale dissolved. He had to find a new home with L.A. They smash it, win the championship. They play great the next year. Let's not forget Austin. And then we're 1-2. Mm-hmm. And then they get dissolved again. It's like that's twice that players have done their job, shown yeah. up, mm-hmm. played amazing rugby. And because the organizational failures – have paid the price. So I get a little ticked off when that happens. I know Luke White likes to get mad and, and run a mean straight line. So I'm like, let's, let's ride with Chicago this year, but Hey, it hasn't worked out. I still think they're going to get some big wins down the stretch. Yeah. What do you guys think about them picking the neutral venue? Don't like it, man. Bullshit. Don't like it at yeah. All. yeah. No, you want fan, Fort Quincy, man. baby. You want a yeah. final in Fort Quincy. Yeah. I hear sure. that. I think it hurts the league. Yeah. I think that the the the, the quick answer to that is that it, that it just hurts the league. Like fans, I think that every team struggles to put uh, you know, butts in seats, you know, especially and later do, in the summer. 
yeah some be better than others yeah. right yeah and then yeah. so you know and then you had the whole debacle last year with new york rushing into red bull stadium and God. it was just hot garbage like the league I, I get why they wanted to do it i think they wanted to avoid a debacle like that of any type so they were like hey let's just pre-select the venue so yep. people can go i get the i get the thinking behind it at least listen that's not as disruptive logic as the rebrand and atl so it's not too bad <laughs> it's not too bad if i had Bozo, to rate them one so two, disruptive yeah. i'm so disruptive but if the i had to rate them one screen. two i would yeah. I, I would rate that as the number two disruption of the season so yeah not, no i hear that i'm not a and, fan either yeah, yeah go ahead no i mean i i think you reward a team who's on top I mean, yep. that's what the home playoff yep. games are for mm -hmm. when it's finals week. We're, I mean, we're talking late June at this point, right? Early July. We had this whole issue when the league was getting a late start date from COVID or whatever, where all of a sudden, like the playoff rounds are starting and people are going off to Eagle duty. So you're competing like without your studs. Yep. I think they figured out how to miss that now. But there are just kind of those... I mean, quite frankly, I wrote a blog about it last year. Like, I puttered out on last year. I come out strong. I'm watching the games nonstop till week eight. But mm -hmm. by the time April, late late April, May rolls around, I'm doing so much with high school, college, and it's hard for me to, you know, to crank out the games, which is why I like your guys' recap because I get the pre-jack game in detail. Appreciate um, I don't that, have yeah. to go back and watch every single thing. But I'll tell you what, you know, Right now, it looks like San Diego and Houston are, are one, two in the West, but mm. I pick Seattle as kind of like, this isn't very bold, yep. but they will be back. They're just yep. such a well-performing organization. And every time that guy, Alan Clark, gets on the mic, um, as my dad would say, like he, he's about as serious as cancer, that guy right there. <laughs> like He just does not like laugh or chuckle. He just right. seems so zoned in, Clarky. So he's probably got him on the right path. And you know, record hatting is, is just having an amazing season. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that's my only Western prediction that comes through is that Seattle will get a ticket to the dance. Can they win at Houston? They did last year in, yep. in the right. faux playoffs yep. <laughs> of the West, but you know, we'll see They're They're two time champion. You can't, can't pull the banners down once you have them. So respect to Seattle for sure. Um, for sure. And we'll see. I mean, as far as the East goes, this is where yeah, it's okay so to this, get big mad because yeah, I, I yeah. got the free jacks. It would not have been bold for All me right. to pick a ten winning game, a team capable of ten wins in a row, and say they're going to make the playoffs. So, by virtue of not mentioning them, I snubbed the Jacks. I'll own that right here. And you um, snubbed New York, who has been annoyingly good. You know, I since did. the beginning of their. I didn't mind that one. Mark. That was a good I, snub. Yeah. I didn't mind it, but I'm just like, what are we doing yeah. here? Like, so for all... the fans that don't know, I picked yeah. um, Old Glory DC to sneak in because again, like, I see names on that team, like Threat and Palamo and stuff. I'm like, they should be winning like 60 percent of their games. Like, plus, the problem like, BT is they don't know how to win. They don't have a winning culture there yet. It's yeah. going to be built up over time, pal. I yeah. think it's You're, more. You weren't the only one that picked them, though. I talked to yeah. Scott Matthew, head coach of the Free Jacks preseason, he and he was hot on them. He was like, "They're a dangerous team. We need to watch out for them." Because he was, I think, I mean, I wouldn't call it worried, but he was like, "They're much improved. Like they're not the same garbage trash team they were last year, <laughs> and that they were our home opener." So I think he was a little like, "Oh, we we need to win the home opener because it's the hair." Heritage jerseys and all this other stuff, and it, yeah, he was he was hot on them, and I don't think that they're bad. But to to Phil's point, I don't think they got that that uh, that killer instinct to finish yeah. matches. You they know? have to that, learn how to hate losing more than they love winning, man. That that's yeah. the that's the bottom line.
that put pit bull mentality. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're right. They're right at 500 right now, right? They're floating yeah. in the middle yeah. of the East, so they could make a run. I mean, John Lefebvre is a name of a, he was actually our, our captain of that U23 pathway team. He's been sitting at the two spot behind Danny Tusatala for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they started the season, oh, and eight last year, I was texting him be like, is the coach really going to go down swinging with Tusi Tala, or are you going to you going to get a start? Um, but I guess he went down swinging because were you got not to go on a tangent, but were you surprised last year to see two in season firings? Does that show you that these front offices are like, if it's not good, move on? Because I not, believe he yeah. was let go. The uh, the the coach for the old glory. And then yeah, all Douglas, of a sudden Sean yeah. Pittman was let go and he only right. had like a 500 record. So yeah. I guess if you underperform, they're not going to wait around. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's all about wins and losses. I mean, we can talk about, you know, culture and stuff like that and how great they do in the community and stuff like that. But ultimately it comes down to wins because that puts butts in seats. So if these guys want to get into the red instead of the black, they got to win games. So it's got to be kind of cutthroat, man. Yeah. It, it, is, yeah, it is what it is. Now one team that wasn't really that bold because I'm like, Hey, don't pick against a team that has yet to underperform ATL. Yeah. Not a lot of people know this. Brian Ray dropped it, but like they hadn't even lost to Nola in like their four year history. They're like ever perfect eight. Yeah. No against Nola. So yep. they're playing know, this weekend too. Yeah. You gotta give them credit because they really always played a pretty, what I consider boring brand of rugby mm-hmm. um, under Scott. And yep. they still kind of do to some extent. It's very Ford's based, very smash mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. You know, it's the rebrand. It was very fun to kind of like, you know, poke fun at that because we got our again, jabs in for they sure. Botched like, yeah, they botched it. Like they botched it. You, you got to reach out to your fan base before you do something like that. But um, I mean, give them credit. They, they've always been middle to upper table in the East. And yeah. man, that game that they beat New York, the Eastern conference final, I believe they beat them 10 to nine. Crazy. It was just a bloodbath of a game, and they they ended up losing to the Giltinis in the final. But yeah. man, they play a tough brand of rugby. I I know you guys have had had your way with them, you know, when you played on occasion. But you know, that's a team that I'm like, you know, it's not a very bold prediction, but we're I think we used the the little newspaper headline of uh, uh, new brand, same team, or something along those lines. It's like they're still deranged. Yeah, are deranged yeah, they're deranged. There are deranged cousins. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Free Jack South, but just, and then the good. last one, yeah, the last one I feel good about was that Nola was going to break through. Now starting zero mm-hmm. and three, I'm like, thanks, Nola. Make yeah, we were saying the same <laughs> thing, man. We were like, uh, the same thing. yeah, yeah. But they've come hissing back, right? And aside mm. from that meltdown against Seattle, you know, which sometimes can actually make your bye week that much more productive, right? If they had squeaked by on a win, then they're just kind of like a false sense of security, like, oh, boys. You know, we're four in a row, we're four and three now, but like to drop that last game right before a bye week, oh, it puts a salty taste in your mouth for every single day off you have. And I know for the sake of like player sanity, you're supposed to unplug in your bye week, but I think that one's going to stick with them and that they're going to come out really sharp. So I, I expect them to put Atlanta down this week and I don't know though. They didn't do so well when they went up to Fort Quincy last year. That was tough. Yeah, was they, they tough. got ran out of the building. That was beautiful. I, that one I did watch wow. beginning to end because I, I was like rooting for Zach to just go crazy that yeah, game. But for sure, I, I mean, look, you guys, it's yours to lose, you know, and and you're spoiled because not every team 
wins 10 on the trot, you know, it's, it's very, <laughs> it's very rare, right. And rugby to do that, to accomplish that is really, really impressive stuff. So we are a bit spoiled over here, but that's the thing is like, we have to keep the pressure on the club to make, I mean, we want to win here and, and the fan uh, experience should be like, let's win championships or at least get into the damn playoffs every single year. We want to be that rugby ATL that has never not missed, you know, the playoffs. I, I think that's the, the, the goal that we should shoot for here as the minimum expectation if you don't make the playoffs, like what the hell went wrong? Like you need to make the playoffs every single year, at least. So, yeah. So you're, y'all are six and two now, right? Three, three wins for every loss. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like the season's going? It's obviously Pretty- tough losing Larson and yeah, it's tough, man. You know, some other key injuries. Um, yeah. I, and, and the, the suspensions don't help either. You know, a win karate who's yeah. having a, a, a MLR all-star type of season go, you know, losing him for a week. But I mean, ultimately I think we're in a good shape. Uh, we're in good shape right now. Those two yeah. losses, away games, you know, practically going. One of them on the West Coast, the other one practically there at altitude. You're in the fight the entire game against Utah, lost by one. Um, the San Diego one's a little bit less attractive in terms of a loss or anything like that. So I was a bit frustrated coming out of that one. But I think with the wins they've had, they keep winning despite being terrible at discipline. I think with the past two games we've had 12 penalties. Like, Eventually, you've got to, you know, have those to, to, to try to keep yourself in, in tough games. But I feel pretty good. I mean, we keep winning games. We keep finding ways to win despite not very good clinical finishing and having these disciplinary issues. So, you know, hopefully we'll just keep it rolling. What do you think, Bozo? I'm happy, I guess. But if you look at the table, it's like we're number one in the East and we have the same amount of points or like maybe one more point on the tables right. than like the number three team in the West. And we've lost to two of the the top three teams in the West right now. So that makes me uncomfortable for a potential final. Uh, the East might, you know, last year I thought the East was, was the conference and the West sucked. And this year I think it's kind of flip-flopped. And I think that that's like the chaotic nature of MLR because with so much foreign talent always influxed and teams making huge amounts of like wholesale changes to teams um, or some teams do some teams don't um, you know, I, I guess I'm happy that where we're at. I think we're firmly in control of the East uh, beating New York at their house. But, you know, last year, our trend was we, we beat, we beat them twice at their house and then lost twice at our house. And we lost when it counted, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the regular season finale, nobody really cared. That was the, you know, the replacements and guys and all their stuff, but it's like, we need to, we need, I need to see some other things before I'll feel solidified a win against New York at home would, would do it for me. I think yep. we need to be undefeated against Nola. I think that's not just key. a win, not just a win. You need, you need an ass whipping <laughs> against New York. Just oh, to let him know. This you is mean the Jacks by 90. Yeah, you mean Jacks by 90. If we did Jacks by 90. So, so, I mean, I could go on and for, for, for a rant about that, but you get my point, like some certain things, I want to see some certain things happen uh, this season, like, and it has nothing to do with overall record. We could finish worse than 13 and three, and I could care less. I think I picked us to go 10 and six. I'd be happy with second in the East 10 and six, but we had some great performances and, you know, hung 90 on New York at home. Yeah. yeah, or you're like on form, right? Four in a row, right? Going into yeah, the well, because that's is, is that like not what happened in New York? It's just like perfect on the tee. I think you always yeah. think about that as a coach, and you've seen some of the wholesale changes that you guys had against Dallas. I look around the league and I, I see those game day rosters, and I'm like, man, you guys got luxury of riches on the bench, dude. We talk when about I see like people Unreal. who would be a hands down starter on any other team yeah. loaded up on your bench. You know, it's probably like Coach Matthew thinking, 
hey, like we want to be in our best form late May. You know, we can, we can, you're not going out there trying to lose, but you know, in order to bring it home in the month of June in the playoffs, you got to have guys who potentially were 23rd through 28 getting game time, right? Because you're going to have injuries and it's gonna, that 28, if you're only comfortable with like 28 guys, maybe getting caps, that's going to fiddle or whittle down to 23 at some Mm -hmm. point. So it's very key to get them time now, instead of like, holy shit, we have a total emergency cover. Let's bring somebody from out of town. Yeah. Let me, let me interject for a moment. So I like to think back about it's. I think it's important when, when you think about things to think about how you were feeling in the moment. And I remember a specific moment from last season when, when the roster was released for the uh, jabronis match, when we were going to Austin to play them and they, and coach Matthew flip-flopped starters and finishers or whatever the hell you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And we were, we were talking about it pre-match in our outriders chat. We we're like, man, we are, we are worried. This is, we had some hot takes. We were feeling the pressure. We were not fans of that. And then yeah, it ended like, what's up he doing? Out, what's right, he doing? The, exactly. the mad genius. But to your point, to your point, right? Like you bring up a, a very good point. Like it's 3D chess and it's like the long game, right? Because if you got guys that are ice cold sitting in that 24 through like 30 player spot that you might need in your 23 because of injury or any other reasons, illness, whatever the hell happens to them. It's like you, they're coming in ice cold. The performance sucks. They lose the match and you're out of the playoffs. Right. right yeah. And so it's like, I, I you know, I got to trust in the mad genius of, of Scott Matthew here that yeah. he's, that he's pilot. And I have trust in that, that he's piloting the ship, you know? So not to mention like your, your one through 15, uh, it'd be nice if they got an extra buy um that you can afford right right? it's like yeah for guys that just have like tendon on tendon and they're just tough dudes and they don't report (laughs) those injuries yeah when you're just like hey man you played well sit this one out this isn't a punishment right you're on form we just want you to rest and relax this weekend like that those conversations happen all the time coaches don't like publicize it because Mm -hmm. they don't want you in their steel trap right um but yeah. that's also a great way of a coach like connecting with players and be like, yeah, we ride you guys really hard, but we actually care about it. You're right. off the field, your well-being, um, which which brings us to to the Free Jacks organization. Mm. You got to tell me about a couple characters who I've only been blessed to hear through your podcast. But who's this Wheelsy fella putting out amazing content <laughs> and growing the game? Dude, I want to meet that guy and buy him a beer. He's a legend, man. He's about yeah. five foot three, you know, but uh, he, he's got the wheels, man. He plays on the independence from time to time. He's got he's got yeah. some speed to burn, man. But, you know, ultimately, I think they brought him in from New Zealand. And he, it, the first year he was with us, I think it was more of like uh, an events type of role where he was like mm. the mic man at Fort Quincy for the first year. But now that that uh, role has evolved and where he's going with, you know, uh, what is it? The ball and bag or whatever it's called. Uh, Rugby uh, in a bag. There you go. Amen. Uh, he's yes. going to elementary <laughs> schools and uh, you know middle schools all over, all across uh, the state of Massachusetts and beyond to uh, teach the good word of rugby man to these kids. It's pretty awesome. I don't know I what his it. degree is in. Uh, you'd have to correct me. Sorry, Wheels, if I get this wrong. But he was telling us uh, we were at one of the watch parties. I think it's the first time we met him in person, the OGDC mm-hmm. watch party at the Fours in Quincy. Yep. And he was telling us like he – so he's a student. He's here on a student visa. He's that's still right. like doing his degree. And he's that's kind how of they like all get an, out here, Bozo. Yeah, yeah, that's American right. Woman, they stay. That's right. I think he's <laughs> he might be working on that too. Hot take. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> he's him. in Boston, man. It's a good city to be in if you're if – you're 
it is. to date people. But um, right. anyways, I think he he was telling me that he's kind of like an understudy. He whatever his field of study is in, it's a, I think it's like a sports management type of thing, like what what Tom Kindly the general manager. So okay. I think he's kind of like gotcha. TK's kind of understudy and he's just doing anything and everything that, that they throw at him. Not only is he doing yeah, everything vital. that we've described, he's also right. commentating uh, yes. games and also doing sideline reporting for the oh, yeah. So This guy's all over the place, man. He's he does sideline for MLR now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Next yeah. man yeah. up, next job, such a rugby terminology. For but sure. like, it seems like he's doing that for the organization. I'm sure, you know, there have been gms in the past that would have killed for a wheelsy yeah. uh elaine bassey comes to mind last year trying right. to coach yep. gm do everything she was doing it all yeah. yeah yeah but it's like to have a wheelsy in your camp is huge uh another guy who i only briefly met you know i i followed the scene right online and you hear mm -hmm. about people and then you're finally at like a club sevens nationals like in seattle and I saw his ginger hair from across the room. Uh, and I knew that he yep. had volunteered and coached because I listened to you guys. Ali Engel Hart. Hart, yeah. Hart. What a legend yeah. he is. Yeah. Yeah. From, I just uh, went straight Hong up Kong. to him. I go, mate, you don't know who I am, but I know who you are. I know yep. you coach in the community. Can I buy you a beer? And he was just yep. like taken aback. Like, I love that. Going straight up to somebody. I did, I would, I would do that to I did that to Ross Young. I was getting ready to go on, on the airplane to New Zealand. I just saw him in line. I'm like, what's up, mate? I'm Brendan <laughs> Shea. Here's, here's what I think. <laughs> you know, Shockingly, like, that has happened to me because of this show. Shout yeah, out no, to our to our yeah. boy Joseph Ling ran oh up God. on me. Love ran up dude. on me coming. I was coming out of the coming out of the pisser at Fort Quincy. And he's like, yeah. hey, it's Bozo. I'm like, huh? <laughs> Say again. Well, who who NASA who SWAT guy. Team guy. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta give NASA credit, SWAT like, guy you've created a community here. And I think what's interesting about podcasting, even if you just do audio and not video, mm -hmm. if they listen enough, they feel like they know you, even though they haven't met. So when you For finally sure. meet them, it's like, Oh my God, Bozo, I've spent hours with you. Like, Legend. you know, and, Silky and voice. immediately it's like straight into it. Um, <laughs> but I, I love anybody who's willing to grow the game. So I'm going to give everybody on the Jacks Rangers show their flowers here. Spider, Diamond Dave, all the great guests you had, the repeat guests. Didn't you bring out a guy whose job was to sell tickets? And then oh, you yeah. just blurted out his phone number. I immediately scribbled it down, called him, and I was trying to like hammer out a deal. I'd be like, Josh man, I'm flying from Denver. You got to give me yeah. something good here. Yeah, He's our like, boy, what Josh the hell Beck. are you talking about? He He's probably like, thought I was crazy. That's a spam call like, from Denver. Down on price, yeah. <laughs> That's I'm trying like, to push him down on price just to see what I could get away with. You that's know? that is so yeah. funny, VT. I love oh, that, yeah. man. That's a Don't ever story. say somebody's number online. Don't dox them like that because I immediately called <laughs> oh, him up and started wow. talking business. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't is... think we put that out there. I'm pretty sure Josh was the one that gave his. Well, number I think you're like, there. hey, how should people reach out to you? And he just fired off his phone number. I was like, big mistake. Yeah, five 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 four five four five. Josh, that's a rookie mistake. You got to get about your email, pal. That's the way to go. Yeah. But uh, yeah. he's a Charles River sure. rat. He's a he's a a Dave guy. You know they they play um they play pretty good rugby there, at Charles River. I think they went undefeated last year. Good for them, man. That's good Anyways. to hear. But yeah, you guys do so great. I mean, I started to learn when I looked at like the clicks and where audiences stay on that shorter is better. Thanks mm -hmm. TikTok. You know the attention span is it's pretty yeah. brutal. So. Harpo always tells me no longer than 30 minutes. You know, he's like, cut your episode. If you have to make it two episodes, but I kind of like your gut when I see it release and I'm like, Ooh, two and a half hours. Like, here we go. Yard work. Yep. 
Here wow. we go. Wow. That, that, yeah. Oh, that pop. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. a pop. Saved it. Saved it. <laughs> Saved it for the, the crack there. For the audio. That's, That's another thing, too. You got to lean in the mic and, like, you know, if you're, if you're having a drink, you got to crack it right near the mic. If We used to do a, a segment called uh, MLR Whispers where we would just take any MLR Reddit bullshit we heard and slowly, slowly whisper in the mic. Oh, you got to get it. You got to get a dynamic one, man. You got to whisper know. real slow. I heard, uh, I heard, uh, I heard Mitch Wilson is, is the future Eagle captain. I heard, you know, just Whoa. little stuff like that. L- yeah. Let me just, let me put one out there right now. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I heard Waka's coming back to the free jacks oh, before they whispers. Whispers, <laughs> whispers. That one's Hilarious. not so much of a whisper at this point, but oh, the yeah, chat no, goes wild. Got, the chat goes wild. <laughs> you got you guys put out great stuff. I mean, Phil, the fact that you edit it, crank it, and then still be like, "Oh, how was today's show?" Like you're willing to do all these little connecting segments that I know are such a pain in the ass in audio editing. So, flowers to you, flowers to the entire. Uh, Thanks, pal. You know. I, hey, I just show up and talk, man. I, I have the easy. <laughs> me, me and, well, D- Dave does a lot of analysis. I just give yeah. some hot takes and 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 rage, rage at the. It's camera. good though. It's good. Yeah, it is it's good. Amazing it, stuff. Yeah. You know. So, what, what do you guys think about what I wrote? Uh, the difference maker for you guys this year, given you know that Larson's kind of down for the count. It's, it's going to be depth. Mitch and Mitch. Yeah. For sure. It's I think that's be it. Mitch Jacobson in the pack mm-hmm. and Mitch Wilson in the backs. And I don't know Mitch Wilson personally, but I was out, you know, helping with the Falcons camp that was helping Gary and the guys get ready last summer to play Chile. And I like, you know, if you walk up next to him, he's not a very imposing person. I'm like, not this is all. our 15. Like I'm towering yeah. over this guy. And then he starts going up for high balls just playing out of his skull. I mean, yep. the guy plays bigger than his body, um, Dude, which is, is ironic because he does have the brother who's like properly flanker sized. Right. Um, yep. But yeah, don't know him that well, like I said. Um, but what he did in Dubai, I mean, I just think the future of the Eagles is kind of run through him um, unless he totally falls apart, you know, in, in the latter half of the year. But I think now the ground's been laid for him and, and Mitch Jacobson to just grab the reins and go, man. Um, I, I think those are your leaders and the free Jacks are going to ride or die with their success. I think that's a really good point. I, you know, a lot of people, I think for most people out there that are casual fans, Mitch Jacobson is very, very under the radar right now, but the guy has rugby chops. Like he's got his resume is a mile long. I mean, you're talking about a Mm -hmm. world cup winner at the the youth 20 level for New Zealand. Waikatu captain, his brother's an all black, like the guy is the captain of the chiefs right now. Like yeah, Yeah. top team in super. They rugby runs through their veins pretty pretty hard, but but same with the Wilsons, right? Wilson's always on form for, Utah, Mitch no pretty much is on every Free Jacks roster. So, you know, very interested to see kind of where that goes. And not to keep bringing up the Eagles, like we know where it's at. Um, I went on one of those Twitter spaces that um, John Fitzpatrick does with that guy, Bill. Yeah. And everybody was venting about, you know, losing to Portugal. And I think I was like, don't do it. You're getting too emotional. I requested to speak right at the end. And I must have blacked out because I just rambled on for 60 seconds. I almost cried. And I oh. think it's because I put so much into grassroots yeah. that, you know, when the Eagles lost to Portugal, I was like, damn, that sucks. 
But then it was only then when I listened to an hour of just people being like, well, this is the problem. No, this is the problem. And Alex Goff got on there. Matt McCarthy's given his opinions. By the time I went to speak, I, I blurted out some diatribe about like how when we bring in internationals, can we force them to coach in the communities? Can we tie it into their contracts? And I, I legit almost started crying. Um, note to self, don't ever get on Twitter spaces if, if you're feeling in an emotional way. <laughs> yeah. but, it can be um, quite disruptive, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hashtag I mean, disruptive. What do you guys think as far as like, okay, we are not going to participate in France, but like, I think these summer tests with the Eagles mean more than ever. Cause mm. if we just go out and get blanked by Canada, yeah, then not we're in a whole good. lot of trouble. Yeah, but if at we the same be- time, I want to give Scott, you know, a long rope to play with because he same. might not know what his playing group is yeah. until we get a couple games in. I agree. I think, you know, the the decision was made to go with uh, Scott Lawrence here, and I think it's probably the right decision. There was a lot of big names out there. You know, we don't have to name names at this point that people wanted to bring in foreign coaches, but we're going with Scott. And if we're going with Scott and we are give this man, you know, eight years to figure it out. You know, he's probably the best American coach available. So let the man experiment. Let this man cook. Let Scott uh, Lawrence cook. I think it's the, the solution. So if you know, I want us to win games, but more than that, I want to see progress, man. Let's let's see, you know, let's build this team up and make sure that we are available for the next World Cup without any issue. You know what I'm saying? Like that's my my whole thing. Yes. Yeah, so my my hot me. take. Oh yeah. Go sorry, ahead, BT. My bad. Well, oh, my hot take on that is, I think honestly, BT is like we need more guys like like you. We need more guys out there yeah. helping to coach. I think we need to develop strong coaches at the grassroots level. I don't think there's really much wrong with with players. I mean, obviously players can get better, but they but they don't know what they don't know. So to your point, it's like getting these getting these. If we if we're gonna bring foreign talent over here, helping them because we're we're a great melting pot. You look at the top fourteen; it's primarily French players. The English Premiership is all Welshmen and Englishmen, with some Scots sprinkled in and some other guys and whatever. But it's primarily their rugby culture. When you go to Scotland, it's the same thing, and on and on and on. You come to the United States, and it's like you look at the Free Jacks. There's 13 different rugby nations or something like that represented here, mm-hmm. and we can so have much a bunch of different talent. Yeah. That's right, or, or or just style and playing and flair, and all these guys came up in a different way and different systems, and that needs to be spread out. And I think that we need to build stronger coaching because I think most of our our star players come up through the same kind of pathways, and I feel like that is subject to being very politicized and we don't have, we don't have, now we have MLR, but before we didn't have a domestic league where you could play these things out and see who's on form because the English have the premiership. But when a guy falls out of form in the prem, he's done. He'll get sat at, at test level yeah. or, or et cetera. Yeah. Like we don't have, so now we're building those systems and I think you're going to see the dividends pay, pay it forward at the Eagles. I think that's the corner that we've started that the country started to turn in terms of rugby. So that's well, I know take. Scott's a data guy. I hope he just takes the current form of the MLR and makes his selections based on that, right? Yeah. Because for the longest time, I would always hear like, "Oh, the Eagles. It's it's such a political thing. You got to know somebody to get selected. They're not actually picking from the right talent base. Oh, it's so California heavy. Like, no. If Scott Lawrence is as data driven yeah. as everybody yeah. says he is, he'll look at the stats. I've seen Gary's spreadsheets. Um, you know, the analyst, um, Jimmy, his, his last name is blanking on me, um, but he, he was like a Linda Wood St. Louis guy. And 
he he created a whole data set. So every single MLR game, it gets uploaded to Gary's sheet and Gary could see who the best lock is. Um, but I believe that analyst is staying on, you know, with uh, Scott. So I hope they just pick the best form in the MLR and then boom, player tests and adjust. Now I don't have it in front of me, but I think they got like the European tour, right? We're going to do like Georgia, yes, Romania, yep. maybe Portugal. Yep. Um, mm. Got to get some wins. Got to get some wins. I know everybody's like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's about bloodying the right players. I disagree. I think when you've been on a, a bad losing streak like we have, it's very, very important. You know, I, I don't, if we play Canada again and pump him 40 to nothing, we need that. Like we just yes. need wins to, it, to restore the Eagle brand. I agree. It's always nice to beat Canada. So uh, let's hope that that takes place. But I will say that, you know, the politics that needs to go, man, like all of yeah. that, you know, mm. uh, I've just, got just 50 caps. So, you know, I yeah. should be an automatic selection. Go, go fuck yourself, man. Like yeah. we didn't even make, we didn't get, we didn't qualify for the world cup. So all of that stuff needs to go out the window for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I did, yeah, where yeah, do you ahead. guys want to take it? I'm loving it. We're hitting our hour mark right now, but you know, Phil, like he's not scared of a three hour podcast. <laughs> I'm not, I, I, I always tell Bozo, like I want to whittle it down, but it never ends up happening. So fuck it. Let's yeah. just go. Yeah. Um, let me ask you about the American Raptors for a second, because you're a Denver guy, right? You're yeah. not, an, you're, you don't have a specific MLR team. They folded, right? They don't want it. They yeah. don't want to participate any further than MLR. So what happened with the concept of the American Raptors? Bozo's just, he's, he's left. He, he's, no worries. He's I'll tell you, Phil, it kind of, it goes farther back to like Glendale Raptors um, mm -hmm. before they've done this rebrand, but I can kind of catch you up um, post COVID, right? Since, mm -hmm. since the withdrawal. Um, but the Barbo, the Denver Barbarians for the longest time in Super League, right? In the, in the late nineties and the two thousands was the, the co closest thing to the MLR, the Ombacks, Denver Barbos, Dallas yep. Reds, all the blue blood clubs would fly across the country and big donors would make it rain. Um, but the 08 economic crash hit that money tightened up because they weren't seeing returns on it. And you saw kind of like a, a breakup of, of club rugby and this void, right? Where there was this close thing to professionalism. And then that kind of dissipated and clubs were left to play in their regions. So Glendale is, yeah, it's a government funded, beautiful rugby specific stadium. Mayor mm -hmm. Mike Donovan, love him, hate him, whatever. He got this thing built on tax notes and, you know, they've kept true to their rugby theme. Give them a lot of credit. You know, there's some Barbell old boys that'll be like, oh, we hate Glendale, whatever. But the reality is they, if, if they didn't exist, like the Eagles wouldn't be coming to town to play tests. Right. There wouldn't be all these camps. So I benefit from Glendale, you know, being an entity and I root for them. At this point, we know all the guys, you know, when the Barbos got a chance to, to play them last spring, when they still like didn't have a schedule, you sure as hell, you know, everybody wanted to put it on them and be like, Hey, let's, let's beat a professional team as a club. I think right. we lost by like 14 points, but you Not know, bad. looking back, like, yeah, it's like one we could have had, but either way, when they finally, this slart thing, you know, came to fruition, of course I wanted the boys to go compete. You think I enjoy the Uruguayans wagging their nose at me and the Chileans whoop-de-whooping after they come here on our soil and kick us out of the World Cup? No, I hate that. Right. It gets me furious. Mm -hmm. um, I respect those two nations because, you know, talk about concentrating on your own. Do you think Peñarol is bringing in any 
you know, Australians? Do you think, nope. you know, Selknam for Chile? No, it's Chileans nope. top to bottom yep. because now they don't have a whole league to fill, right? They just have one team. We have the problem of like, holy shit, we have, we have 13 teams that we need mm-hmm. to, to make right and, and make those rosters full. And to the MLR's credit, even though, you know, Nick Chavetta of the Players Union probably says this works against the players because all the owners are business partners. They can kick people around the league and terminate guys' contracts. Here, you go here, you go there. You're mm-hmm. seeing a bit of that with the Hawks. Uh, Seattle just announced three guys who weren't getting playing time go develop with the Hawks. Yep. Um, I We've think that works guys for getting Jacks. guys' yep. time. It's mm-hmm. very hard to get paid when you're in form because the whole league's kind of almost like weirdly colluding against you as a player. I don't know. That word's a bit far-fetched. But mm-hmm. my point here being with Glendale is like, yeah, you got you got a professional team going against South America's best. Of course I want the boys to win and, and do well. Unfortunately, they're over. Um, they've yeah, put in they some <laughs> pretty big fights. There you go. Uh, they've, they've been putting in big fights. And honestly, I think – I think they would, you know, I think the best teams in the MLR are probably going to be better than the champ of Slar. But yeah. I think top to bottom Slar, you know, has has less duds. Let's put it that way. I will say that this. just happens with a bigger league, though. The MLR is going to have some lower tier teams. But like, yep. man, the top five in Slar play some pretty mean rugby, including my squad, Los Dogos. One of the greatest rugby brands out there. If you haven't seen it, it's go a pretty look it cool up. logo. That's for sure. It's yeah. just like this mean-looking dog, and their yep. name is Doggos. Yeah. I wanted I wanted to ask you, like, is Super Rugby's America? Obviously, you know, you're you're following it. You're a, you're a Colorado guy. There's a team in Colorado that is a part of the competition. Are they irrelevant? Do they need to play the MLR champion to have some any type of relevancy in you know in North America? I mean, I've learned that no two vying entities ever really want to work together. So right. you got the World Rugby Slar over here and the MLR owners over here. There's no reason for them to come to the table and make this game happen. However, yeah. as far as bragging rights goes, yeah, you'd like to see that game. Yeah. Um, because I guarantee you right now, conversations in Chilean rugby, Uruguayan rugby, 100% Argentinian rugby are our league is 10 times better than the MLR. Thank God we're not in the MLR. We're superior. Right. I, I guarantee you those chats are happening. And quite frankly, you know, based on their performance against the Eagles, they, they had the right to talk that jive. Um, but at the same time, you know, you're seeing in these trips, they fly up, they play Glendale, and then they get a game in against the Hawks as kind of like another run right. before yep. they head back to South America. So, you know, hopefully some of those score lines can come in a bit better. Now the Hawks clearly are kind of a development MLR squad. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, Phil. I, I don't really think you're going to see the those matchups because, you know, we've talked MLR all-star game for a long time, but that's never happened. It's so hard to just get to the championship and sell out a stadium. The yep. deeper you go into summer, Americans are just fried, man. Right. The minute your kids there. get out of school in June, parents book the ticket to somewhere. Like, they're out yeah. of town. We tried throwing a fundraiser golf tournament in early June, and all the feedback was like, nope, terrible date. Like <laughs> People just want to leave 
their right. usual status quo in June. So it is hard to put asses in seats and it does get hotter. And I know y'all have been yeah. raving about Snapdragon Stadium, but did you ever see what happened when they opened up with San Diego State on like an, a late August day? It was the first game ever. And it just happened to be a brutal heat wave rolling through San Diego. And it's not a very shade friendly stadium. Right. So of yeah. course, like you got college kids partying, you have no shade. You have 103 degree heat. People Yikes. were like hiding under the bleachers and ambos were like coming in, running people off at heat stroke. Now it's Yikes. a little cooler now. I'm sure Starfire is amazing. But my whole point is the later you go in the summer, the harder it is to get asses and seats. And if there's point. one thing Fort Quincy does well is asses and seats consistently. Um, mm -hmm. I know they launched the, the rugby network, right? To yeah. try and... What did Kamish Kilbrew describe it as? Oh, an OTT platform and over the top, basically you're circumventing uh, the yep. cable companies, but you know how it works with cable, right? Until you're showing that you have 20,000 eyeballs, 50,000 right. eyeballs, they don't pay for your content. You pay them to get That's on the right. channel. Yep. Then you hit a certain threshold and they start paying you for your rights. So mm -hmm. I don't know if you look at TRN and see, oh, our numbers are growing every time. Are they still significant enough to actually get paid for the rights? Because mm -hmm. until that happens and you're not getting good attendance numbers, I'm not saying, you know, the sky is falling in the MLR, but these owners are burning through cash every single year. Yep. So you got to get one of those two right. You either start selling out your stadiums or you get enough eyeballs on the media platforms where people will be like, we want those games. Well, TRN needs to get their meme game straight because their meme game stinks, dude. <laughs> So I'm what's it? They need to figure it out. <laughs> I'm convinced it's still one of Gilly's guys. He just oh, has you it is over. Gilly. I bet you it's, it's him. It's, that's where he disappeared to. That's it's where him. he's at. Yeah, he, he won't give the password up. He just keeps nope. tweeting from it. Nope. The thing from is, it's, it's, it's Gilly one two three. So yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's not Gilly's too hard beer. to figure Gilly, out. Gilly's beer one two three. Hilarious. But yeah, it's sorry, I just had to say that. No, no, it's true. The memes are edgy to say the least. Um, sometimes I like don't get it, but I'm like, oh, okay, I would understand why a teenager would laugh at that. But you know, I mean, just like, I don't know, guys. Like, you've probably been on the cesspool that is MLR Reddit and seen the negative comments. And sometimes, though, if you say anything bad about the league, the MLR stands will like attack you and mm -hmm. be like nonsense and. Healthy debate is good. So do you guys feel like the league's in a good spot? Because I, I do have these voices that say, oh, attendance are tough and they're not growing at the rate they need to. Because for the longest times, expansion teams were basically cover money, right? You pay the 10 million to get in and that 10 million immediately is getting spent that year. Right. So wh where do y'all think we're at right now? I, I honestly try not to think about it, but I'm hoping that we're at a healthy spot. But it, I asked um, our owner, uh, Eric Anderson, a couple months back. I was like, I heard that. You pushed pretty profitable? hard. And he was, was like, good. no. God, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, oh, well, I mean, I, I, I would assume that the Free Jacks are the most financially healthy because we sell a lot of merchandise. We put a lot of asses in seats, but they're still not making money. So it's just like. What do yeah. we, I mean, how does this, I think it has to be like what you're talking about, you know, 
it has to continue to grow with eyeballs watching television, um, whether it be TRN numbers or just watching Fox uh, Sports 1 or Sports 2. That has to get better so we can eventually get these huge, like MLS had a long, hard road in this country where people were laughing at it for the first, what, 10, 15 years. But they just signed, what was it, a billion-dollar contract with Apple TV or whatever. So, yeah. you know, we might have some poverty years here before it continues to get better and better. If you stick with it one day, yeah, yeah, one day you just go from red to black. The key is getting there, right, and and making it so that investors are like, all right, you know, you're not there yet, but we see a path, right? But I, so so that's what you're talking about with staying afloat. Yeah, I I worry though because you got teams like, like you know, I mean, listen, I haven't been to any other MLR stadium and, and watched any other game live than you know in Quincy, and then when we were at Union Point, but like. I get worried because you look at the stands and like OGDC, man, it's pretty empty down there in yeah. Leesburg. And I know that there's a lot of logistics. That's there's a problem like that, the, you know, the freaking stadiums like 40 minutes outside of DC or whatever. And then it's DC traffic. So that turns into like five hours yeah. or whatever. But it's like, I, I get worried about stuff like that. I get worried about the cold weather teams, you know, like we're going up to Toronto and it's their second home game of the season. And then, you know, we're, in, we're halfway through, you know, so they're back heavy. So they have to eat that all those travel costs and stuff like that. And then, you know, Snapdragon's beautiful, but it's a huge stadium, man. And I don't care if they're putting, they could be putting, uh, didn't they set the attendance record? Um, the first, yeah, first they week. don't own it, you know, yeah. so they're still paying right. rent there. And exactly. that's yeah. So there, yeah. And there's so many other financial considerations that I, and I'm yeah. not a financial guy or a sports like, you know, I, so I, so, but just from my limited understanding and what I can see, and I'm I'm pretty dumb, but I'm most I'm smart enough. I went to state college, you know. Yeah. But it's I get I just get worried about it. I because you referenced pro rugby before, and I think that was like a great shout out to what an abomination that was. <laughs> and it's like it makes you thank God for the MLR, but it's like I just I don't want it to tank, man. I want it to stick around. You know? I mean, you I have had to a theory. Assume. Go ahead. I had a theory, Phil. Uh, MLR could not exist if Dougie Schoeninger didn't totally just f it up oh, in 2016 yeah. pro yeah. rugby died so that mlr could exist yeah uh, i agree it's man. funny you say that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a humble guy but i gotta say I, the closest i ever got to a pro contract i signed with that denver team and then i was Whoa. playing a warm-up game for the barbos and absolutely tore my shoulder out full Yikes. pack rebuild full Oof. full rotator Ugh. cuff so that was i still have that contract to this day never got paid never played uh, but neither did the other players get paid. I'll, who, who I'll tell you what. For, so there you go. For the few fans that are still watching, every time that uh, BT says Barbos, take a shot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe on the floor. Yeah. Wow. I think floor, the running man. count is, I think we're at about two or three Barbos mentions a minute. So we're yeah. 71 minutes in. So <laughs> you're at about 210 yeah. shots. You're dead. The man loves yeah. his club. I mean, what can you say? Uh, I was yeah. just going to say. Uh, They're damn, better than I, Glendale. Yeah, yes. Ooh, got him. Uh, have you been watching the Proven docu series for the Free Jacks? Uh, no, I'm. That? I mean, I'm very excited. When I crank out a docu series, I usually like to let it finish so I can binge the whole thing. Have they been slow dripping it, or is it all? It's out? been. It's been one episode so far. I don't think the second one has dropped yet. So okay, I, I, I'm gonna I, let I it, it finish weekly. And then yeah, I'm okay. binge it. Yeah. There you go. Smart. Um, I think they're ongoing filming that though as well because yeah. there was a there was a subtle hint we follow. Shout out Dorchester Room, the Canada South boys. They had some like cameraman over their house and I and they put it on their Instagram and I'm like, who is this guy? And yeah. then in the in the um the previews for the next uh 
episode of the docu-series they're there they're cooking and i'm like oh the dude from the docu-series is at their house filming so like yeah. i think it's kind of an ongoing thing throughout the season i don't think they're even done filming yet no yeah, well it just shows you how good the jacks are at like being different i'm sure mags is driving those conversations sure. when they all get on he's like guys here's what's working for us like do your own thing but follow our lead because i mean you're definitely getting the most engagement. I can pull the Instagram numbers, but like I can just tell you're dialed. Your media team is good. They yeah. do different things. Just this this shirt right here, Tackle by Geist. It's like mm -hmm. a hot off the press. I didn't buy it because it was a free jack shirt. I bought it because I know Evan. Right. You know, and it's like that's how you're gonna get fans to break through. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't believe a lot in of what Commissioner Killebrew said, but he did say you gotta sell the name on the back of the jersey. Right. You got to yep. sell the individual. And it's tough with Roby because we're always like, it's a team sport, fall in line. Right. But like, yep. why can't we have superstars like in basketball? Like, why can't Bowden Barrett be on every? Like, I think, again, like it's short lived and careers aren't 20 years long. But we, we need to just like take these individuals like Eagle and, you know, people that are just characters and get back. What What are you yeah. doing in between your rugby and, and do those behind the scene things and do short documentaries because you're not going to pull like fandom ship in the U.S. It's a very crowded market. It yeah. really is. Very I mean, saturated. we're so saturated yeah. jinx. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Got to it before me, but <laughs> it's. That's also why I know Saturday's a rugby day, but like, why can't we slow drip a Thursday night game? Why can't we have a Friday night game? I kind of hate how it's all stacked on Saturday because mm -hmm. I'm out coaching. Like, I right Saturday's I, I a rugby can't. day. Yeah. yeah, but it's like, I wish I wish they similar to the NFL would try and really like maximize, you know, weekdays and Sundays and all this. I know it's hard to schedule when you don't own your stadiums. You're kind of picking and choosing when they make those schedules. Yep. Um, what's available but man a lot of challenges i'll give the mlr credit right we're still here we're still chugging miami's coming on board next season mm -hmm. that guy's apparently hella rich they didn't learn much from their last rich owner but <laughs> <laughs> like, don't don't be mad if he just gets a second team and starts taking over the league dude as long yeah. as he doesn't name it after himself in an alcoholic <laughs> beverage or start his own fair have his own beer brand fair. i might be i might be happy yeah. with it listen yeah. i'm, I'm totally okay with eccentric billionaires that love rugby as long as they don't want to name the team after themselves yeah. or break the rules i'm i'm down yeah. for it bro go we ahead. call them yeah, rugby fair. philanthropists yes yeah. there you go yeah. 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 there you go we'll your boy money, eric, eric crappy ideas. is a rugby philanthropist he sure is he's a nice guy too bless him yeah very nice guy for sure. Um, let me see here. Does Kyle, the Eagle Square have the best hair in MLR? Yeah. I mean, we did, again, just stupid concepts, but we did a first team all hair um, in rugby pick them. Yeah. And I believe a lot of frosted tips guys made it on there. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, when, when you have a prop that kind of moves like he does and has the mullet, it's like, you, you got to sell that. Uh, you got to give the people what they want. Joel Hintz sure. is probably up there too. Did he have a little rat tail in the picture? Every yeah. Good yeah. He's got his ratty there. Yeah. That's he's big. A, yeah. It's he's very compact. In Kiwi culture, you know, the longer your rat tail is, the more people see that you've lived life. You know, it's just a little strand of hair falling out the back. Connor <laughs> Cook is back now too. The dreads are back. Yeah. Yes. Dreads back are back. Uh, that's, a look. that's a look. It is. Yeah. For sure. so. No, hair's big, man, because, you know, if, oh, I if know. everybody had a military buzz cut, no, we wouldn't be able to see who's who. Uh, hey, Bill what's wrong with the military buzz cut? Well, I like to 
be able to glance and not rely on numbers to know who's caring, you know? So the differences sure. in hair is always very important to me. Um, the mullet's coming back, guys. I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's going to be a skullet because obviously... So what you bald. did last year with your unicorn mullet, my God, talk it's about It's coming that, back, baby. That's when I was like, this guy is so for real. Eventually, I'll hop on this podcast. But I have seen a lot of them start and then... They'll send out all their invites. Oh, we'd love to get you. And then by episode seven, it's like, you know, yeah, I learned my lesson by hopping on one, never got published, like total waste of my time. But I'm also yeah. a year and a half out from publishing Broccoli Man's thing. So we didn't tell I'm you guilty there. We didn't tell you we're not publishing. <laughs> this is this all a drive. Yeah. <laughs> we're not even recording right now, BT. You warmed that up. Was, that, was deep, that was a deep trap. We're not even live. Yeah. There was a deep trap. We set you up. Hilarious. Yeah. We heard about this I, non-published story. I'd be ready. I'd be ready. So funny. <laughs> good times, man. I, this has to be the longest one that we've ever done. All right. Well, it's been in that a really case, good one. I'll wrap it up. Some hot takes I love it. For it's anybody great, that man. hasn't been to Fort Quincy, although I haven't been there, I, I did witness history in Weymouth. Yes. That was awesome. I that listened was my to that first podcast. Ever, yeah, yeah, like Man on the Mic. Um, where you're, oh, that's my bedtime reminder. <laughs> so you guys are on East Coast time, so thanks for for hanging yeah. in there. Yeah, um, we're to wake up. Let's go. Yeah, I just I don't know. I I was like, it's very hard to grab a player right off a game and get a sound bite. Right? Sometimes I like get that fucking mic out of my face. Sometimes they're super happy, but they want to be with family. Yeah. So Phil, I just like you know the drinks are flowing. I'm enjoying myself. I just started interviewing fans and it, it did so much better to it set so the scene because yep. you got all your wicked accents and you this and that. And mm -hmm. yeah, I'm a founding member. Um, yeah. But like, I just was having the greatest time, like I said, with my mass hole cousins and they're super shy, but after their third or fourth drink, they're like, well, give me the mic, you know, I'll hop Sounds on right. there. And I just yeah. have this little audio that fits in my pocket and it's really easy to clip, clip, clip. And then you just cut it at the end. Mm -hmm. um, but I really enjoy doing that. Um, you can't really watch the game and you're doing that because you're just so into your conversations. But there's yes. something about interviewing fans that I think hits home and hits a little harder than interviewing a player. Because, look, the players are guarded. It's their yeah. job. They always say, be careful with media. Don't say right. something you can't unsay. Don't yep. give the team uh, your opponent's fodder. Whereas a fan's just like, I'm having beers yeah. out here and I'm having a great time. OGDZ sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. All that good stuff. So if anybody wants Huzzah! to go back into a time capsule, uh, check out Witnessing History in Weymouth. Um, it's and I really wove good. in some old historical facts about Weymouth. Links back in, in the, the bottom. But hey, yeah, I mean, hey, it, it, was, it was a first field. It definitely wasn't the finished product like Fort Quincy is. But I mean, they set the whole thing up and broke it all down, which to me, it's, it's very impressive. I've done very those long days stuff. where yeah. you organize a sevens tournament and you're, you're up at, at 05, as Bozo says, and, and you're going to bed at 22. Um, there you go. It's Last a long you're day. Lucky. 22, you're lucky. <laughs> I've woken up at 03 and gone yeah. to bed at 0230, and I'm not really yeah. in bed. I'm just laying face down in the mud getting rained on in Georgia. <laughs> That's some that's some tough times, man. Well, props that's to you. Hot times, Daddy. Hot times. Hot yeah. times. Hot times. That's why I look <laughs> like this. You don't know? That's why I look like this. Ugly. Dang. BT, we got to get you up to Fort Quincy. When's that going to happen, pal? So I, I just got married, so my Masswell cousins were in town, but we were talking free jacks uh, when nice. that was going to happen. Uh, probably 24, I would okay. say. I would go for probably one of the earlier games in 24 because, man, I'm melting the heat. 
I, I Same hate here, the man. heat. Call, uh, I'm a curmudgeon, man. Everyone's like, oh, I'm so ready for summer. Like, F uh, that. It was, it was 80 the other here. day here. I'm yep. like, this is too too much too early. So I, I kind of like those those early March games. That's that's my wheelhouse, baby. 60, cloudy, maybe a bit of rain. Could be a Home blizzard. Opener. Heritage. Could be a blizzard. Yeah, blizzard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm happy with it. So I think, Ice I coffee think early, is a requirement, early 24, though. Phil, um, yeah. for sure. Um, but, yeah, you, you should definitely keep picking, you know, one stadium a year to go to. Um, I love that you went for a Houston preseason game. That's just classic Phil. So like preseason, like so no much. one there. You know, almost gets run over days. by the team as they're coming. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a blast. <laughs> so good, so good. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys are great. Um, Thanks, I'll, I'll hop back on the pod if, if you need a spot later in the season. But yeah, um, I'm just gonna cool. keep listening, keep commenting, and every time my guy Air Bastris, you know, gets in the open field, the Puma. Um, I, again, I didn't even get to watch the game, but you said he had a mean chase down, um, last week there. He just flies. He just hits that speed, man. Whereas, um, who, who was the winger who came from Houston? Oh, Paula Bellincana. Paula, Paula, is a stepper, right? He's not a straight line speed guy. Zach doesn't really step. He just flies. So. You know, the, the wing and the back three positions have been really competitive, but I, I think Zach's going to kind of hang in there as, yeah. as like the fourth or fifth option. And, you know, even last year, I have such a tough time with my guys. When I see a guy who's been in the roster and all of a sudden he's not, mm. I'm like inclined to text him be like, what's going on? But right. I also don't want to be like, are you hurt? Did you get cut? You know, like yeah, it's, it's, it's so hard to reach thing. out yeah. with negative news. So last right. year when he broke his collarbone, I had no idea. Oh. And it was like four weeks later and I'm like, bro, what's going on? Like, what, why, yeah. why aren't you making rosters? And he's like, oh, you didn't hear it. I broke my collar. I was right. like, oh, yeah. thank God. I thought you lost your form and got demoted. Right. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's been good. And and this year, the free Jacks are the only team to like do the injury list and have the traveling reserves. So, mm-hmm. you know, Brian, if Brian Ray had his way, every team would, would fork over every intimate detail uh, of their day to day, but no doubt. I, I see why they keep the cards close to their chest, right? They sure. want to win yep. coaches feel like any edge, little yeah. it's, it's the, you know, the Belichick Patriot way where it's like, everything's right. a secret. I yeah. think that's a little overdone, but I do understand where they're coming from. But I mean, in the New meantime, York copied us with the mini teams. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It's a copycat. The they also copied us with the collars. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. That too. Free, Those the free Jacks are class, man. Class yeah. top of the East. Best, best uh, front office, best off the field stuff. Only Eastern team that consistently sells out. Seattle does yeah. that. Best too, fan but... podcast. Yeah, that's that true. That is definitely true. the case. Yep. <laughs> That's true. Definitely the case. No, you guys are awesome, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate it's been it, an absolute this has blast. Been a blast. Yeah. Um, you are welcome. If, if you come to Denver, if if the Eagles are hosting a high level test down the line and you're making fun. the trip, we'll put you in the guest room. Love the blow up. Keep the Let's costs low. That's what I say. And uh, I can camp probably, outside, man. I can. We'll live. hop on the the mic and and get some proper rugby pick'em <laughs> takes. Hell yeah! Let's do it. Oh, I, yeah. I, that'd be a blast. Thank you for coming no on, RBT. This has been great. No worries, guys. Enjoy right. the season. We got one round to exit. I'm ready. All right. Oh, <laughs> he's, ready. he's fired up. All right. In three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers show. I am joined by good friend Diamond Dave. Dave, how the hell are you? I am doing very well, Phil. Very well. I had, I think I can say I had a pretty good weekend. 
Me too, man. I woke up on Sunday, you know, the birds were chirping, the sun was shining a little bit brighter and we were dancing. You know, we, we just had an absolute blast on Sunday. Most of that was fueled by our New England Free Jacks with a huge dominating historic performance against their development side, the Toronto Arrows on Saturday. We were we were there. You, you joined us at, uh, at one point. Mm-hmm. to do the first of what turned out to be many, many huzzas that were needed during that uh, absolute ass-kicking performance by our New England Free Jacks on Saturday. One that this fan base, the Rangers out there, the loyal and steadfast Rangers will never forget. You will always remember where you were. I mean, obviously it's not a championship hoisting you know, uh, situation, but that's a type of lopsided performance that you will always remember. Like, remember that time the Free Jacks, you know, stomped a mud hole in Toronto's ass and then walked it dry at their place where, when their fans were trying to, I don't know if it was really chirpy or just being optimistic, but also being naive about what we have building here with our fan base. But whatever it ended up being, it kind of pissed me off. So I was jabbing at them all week a little bit. And, you know, they're a team that, isn't very good. Their, their injuries, they had 12 injured for that game, but yeah. the the Free Jacks showed absolute no mercy whatsoever and just whooped their ass up and down uh, the province of Ontario. Um, there's not a lot that we can really dissect here. Um, you know, the Free Jacks really did the talking on the pitch for us and their absolute dominating performance over uh, the lowly Toronto Arrows, the punching bag of the Eastern Conference right now. Um, yeah, I yeah. guess. Go ahead. Yeah. They And they were dominant across areas of the game, yeah. right? Everything from taking the kickoff, you know, the restart kicks, just doing a good job there, to line out and scrum control and dominance at times. Mm-hmm. to um, phase play, kick counterattack. I mean, they scored tries from just about every right. area Facet. that you yep. can score a try from. That's right. You know, every different kind of platform. I think, you know, we when we were doing the watch-along that we will hopefully continue to do in these away games, uh, which I really enjoyed. Bozo came over, of course. You were involved. We had Gary, uh, the the father of Foster, a.k.a. Fozzie, a.k.a. the Beaver, uh, was there. He had flown in from um, the uh, British Columbia. Uh, so that's, you know, it's a long flight, long trip to make, but he wanted to be there for his son there in Toronto, which was awesome to, uh, yeah. to have Gary join us at, at uh, the pregame and also at halftime. And of course we had a uh, long suffering Toronto fan, James Dealey, uh, who does the uh, fantastic yeah. job, by the way, at a great MLR cre- uh, content creator in the form of MLR stats was able to join us at halftime and, uh, you know, we we tried to give it, we didn't try to give him too much shit, but based on the scoreline, it was fifty four to nothing at that point, and the game yeah. was out of reach. Yeah, uh, well before that, James is a good guy, and and he yes. looked a little bit like we had hauled him out of the trenches at Verdun. <laughs> you know, like just shell shock, shell shock. Like, oh like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, didn't like that yellow card, but right. can't really act like that's what mattered in the first yes, half. Uh, for sure, it was he's he was a good sport about it, and um, you know, <laughs> from a Toronto perspective, they allowed fewer points in the second half than the first. So yeah, you know, there you go. Good for them. 
you can't really say that they won the second half, but they're, I guess they've got some positives going into next week. I, yeah. They're trending in the right direction. If they can there keep you go. reducing how many points their opponents score, then there you go. You know, they'll be okay. Good golly. I mean, I think some of the things that we talked about during the watch along and in the chat, and I appreciate everybody that contributed to the, the, the chat comments. They came rolling in, and we really appreciated that. Some people were saying, you know, is this simply because the Free Jacks are very good, or is it because Toronto is very bad? I really think it's somewhere in the middle. And in addition to that, um, there were some people asking about, like, oh, I just lost my train of thought. Damn. Oh, uh, well. Yeah, it is what it is. I mean, I I agree with you that I think it's both things. It was a very good team against, you know, one of the worst teams in the league, particularly because of the injuries you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Right. Toronto were supposed to be much better than they have ended up being. And I think could have been Um, at this point. I think when you give up 12 tries, there's probably an athleticism gap in addition to like any tactical or strategic gap that there Mm -hmm. might be. Um, that really speaks to how many people they have out. They've brought in some quality players we've seen, and they have some really quality players. Um, you know, Bowen against New York was excellent. Another, The only try that Toronto scored came thanks to some handiwork on the, you know, outside from their tight head prop, Lolani Faleva. Mm-hmm. And he, um, you know, he, he's he's been a bright spot. He actually had a great game against New York as well. He's one of the guys that the that really was highlighted. Um, he's uh, the Toronto arrows. Uh, well, I guess they're not the arrows announcers, but the home announcers for the arrows mm-hmm. broadcast were talking about him a bit. They, they're big fans of his as well. And how excited he gets with the ball. He's yep. definitely sent playing 12 on my all prop team. <laughs> you know, I'll put sure. out at the end of the year, the, the, yep. you know, diamond Dave's prop 15. Um, I think he's locked himself in at, at 12. So the, nice. there were a few things. If I don't know why a Toronto fan would be listening to us, but if you are a Toronto fan, you know, they, they were those, that was probably your bright moment that, that it came from him. I, Could I be a masochist were, fan out there that's watching us right now. <laughs> yeah. Just, just curiosity. Right. Um, it was, it was a tough day for them. And from what, I don't know, I, I'm not in the comments too much, but from what I've seen, they've taken, you know, fans have taken it. Uh, pretty well. Yeah. So um, with that being said, let's move over to I do have the write up from um, our good friend. <laughs> It'll take us half an hour to read it. <laughs> I know. Right. Um, you know, it's it's actually pretty. Well, I mean, you know, it, it's not as much as you would think. I mean, this was written, I'm sure, by our good friend Brian Ray at America's Rugby News, yeah. who kind of wanted to probably get on with it here. Uh, he says the uh, the New England Free Jacks hammered the Toronto Arrows by a final score of 80-5 to at York Lions Stadium on Saturday. It sets uh, new major league marks, new, excuse me, new, new major league rugby marks for points scored, winning margin, and tries scored by one team as the visitors rained a dozen from all angles while conceding only one themselves. There was nowhere to turn for the Toronto Arrows in the first half. The Free Jacks seemed to score at will, which, uh, with, with complete dominance at the set piece and a ragged Toronto defense that provided little opposition, a strong crowd were left almost silent as the visitors went through their paces as if running a training exercise. And this coming from a, a you know, a, a journalist, that's very, very strong words. Yeah. Um, 
let's see here. The first scrum was an ominous sign with New England sending Toronto straight backwards. It was uh, appropriately former Arrows hooker Andrew Quatron who scored first on the back of a driving mall soon after. Peter Nelson was binned for what was deemed poor timing in an aerial collision with uh, Philomone. Just uh, seconds after the game resumed, LaRue Milan offloaded to Philomone, who was sent an over-the-top delivery to uh, Mitch Jacobson out wide for the finish. I wanted to back up a little bit. Is Was that controversial for you with the aerial collision um, into Philomone? Was, was, um, does that deserve a yellow card in that situation? I, th- I mean, I think it could be one that you could probably just call it a penalty only. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I, didn't, I didn't analyze it too much. Uh, when I rewatched it, yeah, it it did seem a little harsh, and then I think it seems even harsher in hindsight, kind of, you know, mm-hmm. when, when when the team hangs eighty points, you know, scores immediately, and then goes on to hang eighty points on them. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, kind of brutal, but um, no, it. I don't. I don't think it was like an egregious call. I think it was yep. a borderline call that that probably didn't didn't need to be elevated but also i think referees are trying to just get on with it sometimes mm-hmm. and it yeah. was you know okay well we're calling he didn't land on his head so it's not red it's more than a penalty to me so it's a yellow card and we're moving on yeah and, and i can i can appreciate that perspective you know for, for sure. the referee as well where um you know you got to go with you got to go with how how you perceive it and, and and how you read it on the field and if the tmo isn't giving you anything to change it which i mm-hmm. believe is what he was looking for he was saying like right i think it's a yellow check make sure he doesn't land on his head right. or if there's anything you know you can always talk him down if you see something. yes exactly right? and there wasn't yeah. really anything to talk him down with it was not a really terrible collision so it ended up being like okay we're we're gonna move on with it my my on the field call was a yellow card, so it's going to be a yellow card. And um, Bozo mentioning rough card, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, at that point, yeah. you know, I, Toronto's still very much in it, and I can understand why they felt hard done by by the referee because this is the first thing that takes place that uh, that yeah. they could really look at and say, well, right. the referee wasn't on our side this time around. I'm I'm certainly not going to argue with any Toronto fan who's going to mm. say that it was a soft card. Right, like no, no argument from me. Sure. Uh, next thing up here, I wanted to mention also, we've got the uh, the scroller down here with the final score. I think I'm gonna just going to leave that for at least this uh, segment, oh, guys. Yeah. You know, why not? Um, <laughs> back over to uh, the article. Uh, what it says from here is a penalty trial was next when the arrow scrum uh, collapsed on an attacking free jacks put in. Nelson's score uh, return, excuse me, and Toronto made it to the hydration break without giving up another score, but that wouldn't last long since once play resumed, Spencer Jones chipped and regathered on a counterattack, popping off the deck to Milan. He found Filimone, who this time picked out John Poland on his inside for a runaway try. Now that Spencer Jones, I like to call him Bones Jones, that is from the suggestion of uh, Fozzie, a.k.a. the Beaver, that chip, I mean, when you watch it bounce, you're you're thinking for sure the Toronto defender who was right there is going to get this ball just the way it looks. Yep. And for whatever reason, 
And sometimes games just happen like this, and you see it in rugby sometimes. It is kind of rare, but it just seems like the ball was was magnetically being pulled in the Free Jacks direction. And this is one of those examples that I could list off where it seems like we shouldn't have had that ball, but it just found its way into our hands. And that yeah. kind of happened all game long, and it really was one of those things that was just, you know, digging uh toronto's hole even deeper for them is it, we just couldn't get rid of the ball it would not leave us like even if we wanted to just throw it away it kept finding our way it went our way back to us so yeah it it you know remember when you're in grade school and you take it like a hula hoop and you throw yep. it out in front of you but you spin it but you know put some yes. backspin on it so yep, it'd land yep. and then roll back to you for it sure. was kind of like that i mean it was a nice little chip but it just landed on its point just right mm-hmm. to you know, it's traveling forward pretty quickly and it bounced in just reverse direction, just right back up mm-hmm. into the hands of Bones Jones as he mm-hmm. was running through. Uh, it was really it was really excellent. It was a nice try. Um, I want to jump back to the first try three minutes in that Andrew okay. Quatron try because we the Free Jacks put 10 players in the line out. They put 10 players in. They had, I believe, Jacobson was playing scrum half, right? Okay. So they had they had a forward there, they had the seven there. And then, of course, uh, Quatrin is throwing in. So that's two of the forwards, right? And then they had uh, both centers, both ba- uh, both wings, and I guess uh, po- Poland must have been in there, too, because I counted 10. Weird. And I think that only gets you to nine. Uh, or maybe no, no, not, not, not Poland. That, that'll get you to 10, but yeah, 10 players, four backs were in that line out. Um, weird. And it was, it was excellent. They just bring it down. They maul it in. I mean, it's, it's awesome, but I, I just think it's really fun. Three minutes in, go back and, and watch it. This is something that teams, that's not a normal thing. Like if you're oh, yeah, not new sure. to rugby, yeah. like if, you, if you don't know, <laughs> it doesn't happen. Yeah. It's not normal to put even one back in your line out except maybe the scrum half and he's gonna like step back out as a forward joins it used to be like very vogue to do these kind of goofy trick plays but uh that was it and they put four backs in the line out you have 10 guys in there toronto doesn't even match them they've got their backs out defending because you gotta mm-hmm. you know right. you gotta worry about covering the whole field that's right uh it was it was a phenomenal little thing and uh, uh, just an example of how these guys are out there having fun and doing interesting things. Like they're mm-hmm. not just grinding teams into a paste and right. winning in a in a you know effective but boring way like some high level teams do. They're yes. really doing things with panache and flair and creativity that makes it very fun to watch. Uh, you know, one of those teams that you're talking about that kind of grinds things out and is boring. We'll be talking about them in the next segment, which is Atlanta. But <laughs> I wanted to continue on here with this uh, real quickly. It was uh, Milan's kick into the corner that forced Ross Bowd to seek the sa- uh, safety of the touchline and give up an attacking lineout. The result was a second try for Quatrin at the end of the inevitable forward drive. Bowd then inspired a rare moment of light f- for the uh, arrows with a quick tap and line break. The ball was flung wide to Mason Felch, who seemed to bungle the two-in-one, but eventually sent uh, Dawson Faderick into the corner, only for the try to be waved off with an earlier act of foul play at the breakdown. 
New yeah. England's wingers got into the act next. Paula Bellincana stepped past one and chipped ahead, only for Faderick to slap the ball through in goal. Faderick would issue a yellow card, and another seven points went up on the board to so an automatic seven situation there. Quick hands down the short side of the ruck, then put Philomona into space for a diving finish on the right side. So yep. let me see here. Yep. So if you will, let's back up for a second. It was a controversial moment, and James talked about this when he joined us at halftime during the watch along. Um, is that a yellow card with him knocking the ball out uh, of the try zone area? Yes. So it's illegal to throw or knock the ball into touch. Okay. Right. Think about like think about the rugby you've seen. You've never seen a match end because somebody throws the ball into touch right mm, even though you, mm-hmm. if that was legal you could end the ball that way they might run it into touch they might kick it into touch but they're never going to throw it into touch you can't do yes. it it's a penalty okay um so that is a penalty and that and you're also not allowed to slap the ball into touch uh out the dead ball line the back of the end goal that mm-hmm. that is included you can't sl- throw the throw the ball or slap the ball into touch or uh, across the dead ball line basically out of, out of play gotcha. um now because committing that penalty slapping the ball across the dead ball line prevented a try that would have otherwise been scored mm-hmm. it's a penalty try makes sense yep. and because a penalty try is awarded a player must be sanctioned and sent off you have to give someone a yellow card Gotcha. If you award a penalty try. So it's, uh, yeah, it was all by the book. Um, certainly unconventional. I love that that Bozo was just like hip firing as soon as it happened. <laughs> it was like professional foul and send the man off. Yep. And then that ended up being exactly what It turned out to be the right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's correct. You can't, you can't slap at the ball. You can't throw it out. Um, you know, you can gather the ball. You can play the ball. You can ground the ball. Um, but you can't just slap it out the back. So very good. Only a couple more paragraphs, believe it or not. Here, I think uh, (laughs) Brian Ray was like ready to get this over with. Um, Even short moments after success ended in the horror for the arrows. Deshaun Bowen slipped with a half gap, but his pass attempt went into it went to nobody, excuse me, and was instead scooped up by Milan. Uh, Isaac Olson now on for Philomone took the corner and committed the last man before sending Bellincana clear on a 40-meter stroll to the line. Jason Patras landed his fifth conversion of the day to make it 54 to nil at halftime. And, you know, I kept saying it on the broadcast, this is historic. You know, this is absolute dominance yeah. that we're seeing from the Free Jacks. This is not supposed to happen in a professional league <laughs> um, where, where, where we have the draft and, and all of these sort of things where there's a salary cap. So um, make sure you savor these moments, guys. Like I got to, I tried to, you know, talk to people last year and make sure that you're remembering all of these great moments with that 10 grain winning streak because it isn't supposed to happen like this in a professional league so yeah it you was don't, just yeah you don't usually get a historic moment each season right like it's just not how sports works generally yeah so it's pretty cool that last year we got a, a record setting win streak and then this year we get this uh three records record. in one game yeah right. yeah exactly multiple yeah. most points scored in a half largest mm-hmm. margin of victory and most points scored by a team 
All right. A Lucas Rumball, who's a great player, by the way, turnover gave the fans something to applaud early after the intermission. It amounted to little, however, as the Free Jacks resumed their scoring spree. The TMO called back a second try for Poland, but then Olsen broke clean up the middle to put the uh, arrows back on their heels. Moments later, Milan was in with no objections. The arrows would at least manufacture one score. It was helped with the, it was helped when the referee awarded a scrum to Toronto after Poland took too long to clear the ball from a ruck. Uh, Bowen made short break up the middle, made a short break up in the middle. And then uh, Sean O'Leary switched the direction of play, finding Olania Falavili. Uh, in a one-on-one with Bellincana, the winger made the tackle, but Felivi's offload sent Noel Reed into the corner. New England responded with a try to Joe Johnson after Patra sliced through a giant gap in the line. As the conversion went over, Reed was helped from the field with a leg injury, so more injury problems for Toronto. The final score saw two more tries scored by the visitors. Malone got his double attacking an outnumbered short side, and then Mills broke from the edge of a ruck and bumped off two defenders before offloading to Cam Davidowitz to bring up the record tally. The Free Jacks head home to meet another Eastern Conference side in rebrand ATL. That's what I said, not him. Next Saturday, Toronto <laughs> have uh, another day to ruminate over the abysmal performance before being asked to front up against another title contender in the Seattle Sea Wolves at home on Sunday. Gosh, that's going to be a tough game for them, man. What do you do if you're the coach? Do you Ted Lasso it? Memories, you know, we got all be goldfish. Let's get some ice yep. cream. I you say think? you, yeah, you, you got to put the believe by New up. England and then yep. you got to go play Seattle. You get a bye week. Yep. So it's almost, I mean, physically, obviously very happy for the rest. Yes. More time to prepare. But also you just, that's your most recent result for an extra yeah. week, right? It's tough, man. Yeah, yeah, you, you got to go full Ted Lasso. I mean, you got to start dressing up like Ted Lasso. You got to mo- grow a mustache like Ted Lasso. Yeah. You've got to put up the believe sign. You got to bring the scones to work, all of that sort of stuff. You got to do something, man, Like, because whatever they're doing is not working. And we've kind of heard whispers about the Toronto organization. Um, I don't want to say not, not taking care of their players, but it's just not the best situation there allegedly um so you know it eventually that kind of stuff kind of festers onto the field and it certainly doesn't help that you've got 12 guys that are injured right that that's really the source of the issue if you had all those 12 guys who knows what kind of season that they would have but you know uh, not looking good there in toronto yeah i feel for you felt for rumble the captain yes throughout the game you know as he's trying to make his case to the ref i think he actually did a good job of of making his case and not you know, at no point being whiny. It's hard. It's if you're losing that bad, it's hard to say anything and not sound like you're whining. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so he did a good job of, of just making his points and moving on. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. You got you got to just move past it. Yeah. Um, it's tough, man, for sure. But uh, I wanted to mention Bozo's here. He's got a TMO called back the moment of the match, you mean. So, yeah, in the broadcast, hilariously, um, they selected the one that got called back, one of the tries for the Free Jacks, as the moment of the match, which was pretty uh, hilarious. Oh, the Milan try that they called a knock-on? Was it uh, that I think one? it was the one. It was the forward pass. Oh, the forward one. pass. I yeah, believe yeah, so, yeah. yeah. 
So, yeah, two called back tries. I think bowl. I, I think the forward pass was correctly called back. The yeah. knock on. I, I don't think it was a knock on. I think the. Mm-hmm. I think the ref just misperceived what was a very a very controlled motion, but you can't really see Milan's hands. They're kind of under his torso, mm-hmm. so uh, I guess he just read that as he didn't have the ball at all. But but I think he was just reaching out and touching it down. So, but whatever. No no sour grapes or anything. Sure. Uh, just I just want to quickly give my go boy Milan credit. Or at oh least yeah, half credit for that one. Guy, guy is a playmaker, and he continues to impress now that he's back from injury. Uh, we'll talk about him in a moment, maybe, perhaps, because uh, I wanted to mention that the tries that were scored were 12 in total for the Free Jacks. Yeah. Andrew Quatron got two. Mitch Jacobson got one. Uh, there were two penalty tries in this game. John Poland got one. Philomone got one. Belencana got one. Milan got two. Uh, the Mechanic got one. And the future mayor of Haverhill, Cam Davidowitz, got one as well. <laughs> there were 10 conversions because there was two automatic sevens, right? So he wasn't able to get 12, but he got 10 conversions. I'm talking about Jason Patras, Potty, as they call him. Uh, eight out of 10. Not bad. Yep. Not bad at all. Great job for him. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's 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 the summary right there. I mean, uh, yeah, four of the tries came off of lineouts counting yep. the penalty tries in in these in terms of like what kind of platform they came off of mm-hmm. four of the tries came off of lineouts two of them came just during phases you know just phase play um three came from scrums including one that was from a scrum steal um and then another penalty try from a scrum in mm-hmm. that three one came from the kick counter so just an immediate counter attack on receiving a kick and wow. then two came from turnovers, one from a bad um, offload, and one Ben Lesage just knocked somebody the next Tuesday, and they lost the ball. <laughs> Free Jacks picked it up. Yeah. Um, the Canadian players played phenomenal, really well, right? Uh, like almost like imagine. they had a grudge. And I'm not yeah. saying that that's exactly the motivation that they had, but yeah. they played out of their skull. Yeah. Even um, even the non-Toronto guys, you know, yes. like Keys and, yeah. and Lesage. Um, those guys as well really really brought mm-hmm. it it was it was a it was a lot of fun to watch this is the perfect response to you know them beating us last year surprisingly at their house to end that 10 game winning streak and yeah. the guys that were here that last year you can't tell me that that wasn't in the back of their mind um was, you know they yeah. wanted to settle a score and I've said this a couple of times. I mentioned it most recently on uh, my appearance on the Scrum of the Earth podcast. This is the revenge tour, man. Like 2023 revenge tour. I'm not just saying that. The players have said that um, in their Instagram stories. This is really the, um, what was that? Uh, After, I guess, uh, Spygate or whatever it was, or what was it? that happened was it Spygate for the Patriots the next year they just came out and like wanted to beat everybody by like 50 points like they were just dancing on everybody's graves so I kind of feel like that's what the Free Jacks are doing they're they don't have to look too far to see certain things that they want to have in the back of their minds and use as motivation but I wanted to bring up Mark's point here one try every six and a half minutes incredible stuff it was unreal the Free Jacks score I made a whole spreadsheet the Free Jacks (laughs) scored in minutes three, five tw- scored tries, and there were no penalty kicks at all in mm-hmm. this match. Scored tries in minutes three, five, 12, 24, 29, 31, 35, 38, 47, 54, 66, 71. 
at no point did they have fewer points than minutes had passed in the game. It's crazy. Uh, a point for every minute of the game. 80 minutes, yeah. 80 points, yep. 80 burger, and we're serving them up to Toronto. Um, Bozo's was... saying 8 out of 10, which is a B, which is what you rated our fly has fill, dot, 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 dot. So I think Bozo's <laughs> trying to get in his shots now prior to our uh, midseason review that's going to come up on Wednesday where we'll have a lot to talk about about his predictions uh, at that time. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. want to quickly talk about musket size pants hint before we get too far um, into anything else. It's going to be Deshaun uh, Bowen for me, 26 years old, five foot nine, 200 pounds. He's from Ontario, the province. So, you know, kind of like a home uh, team feel there for the Toronto Arrows. He joined the Arrows a couple weeks ago from the Rugby Canada Sevens as injury cover due to the ongoing Toronto injury crisis. He's played in 10 World Series of Sevens tournaments and scored six tries. Not bad at all. Uh, his first appearance in an Arrows jersey, he scored a hat trick, and that was against New York. Two weeks ago at this point, they still didn't win that game. Uh, he was uh, – he was – damn, I put was in there twice. He was handled very well defensively by our free jacks, but he can just – you can just tell by watching this kid, he has that X factor. He's a dude, man. Like, yeah. even though he didn't get on the score sheet, every time that he was around the ball, you immediately notice him um, doing something impressive. I uh, can't wait to see him in a free Jack jersey next year when he gets moved <laughs> over to the big show. Um, I'll called let you up. go ahead. Yeah, called up, exactly. I'll let you go ahead with uh, your MVP because I know we're going to be here for about another 10 minutes. So uh, <laughs> I didn't do it this time. What? It was almost – it was too It was too much. It was too much okay. to say. I, there were a ton of really good performances. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I thought Jones and Lesage both played very well in the backs. Um, there was one point about eight minutes in where one after another, each of those two gentlemen charged a kick down. And that was when I suddenly started to think like, you know, we only had 14 points at that point. It was like 14 to nil. But after eight minutes, it was already 14 to nothing. Yeah. And then you see Jones just, nope, you don't get to exit kick. Like, he charged it down. Oh, they, yeah, that was a great Tor moment. In Toronto the sure. gets it. They gather. They go to exit. Lesage charges it down. I mean, mm -hmm. they were just smothering Toronto already. It was a really good moment, and that's kind of indicative of the games both of those guys had. Good defensively. Both were very good with the ball as well. Um the pack was amazing. I think if I could just give the award to the pack, I mm -hmm. would just say the pack. Uh, <laughs> to score a p penalty try like they did, the scrum dominance they brought was really something. I think Cole Keith in particular um, was very fired up. He kept driving through and popping up uh, his opponents, uh, just scrum after scrum. It was really cool to watch. Of course, the second row is driving really hard to get all that. Um, a lot of people played very well, but at the end of the day, for me, it came down to either LaRue Milan or Jason Potros. Okay. And I went with Jason Potros, the one who Love scored it. zero tries instead Body. of Milan, the guy who scored two tries, really three, but one didn't count mm -hmm. because not only did Potros lead the attack all day an attack that worked really well yep. he was just very involved he was not calling shots from the back you know he was out there 
getting lots of touches about half of the tries he was involved directly involved in the immediate lead up mm-hmm. he's creating those opportunities um his kicking on penalties helped set up that set piece dominance those line outs that the free jacks turned into um, tries he went eight for ten on conversions um, i think he had a really excellent game where he put other people in positions where they could do what they did, which was yes. score 80 points. So Incredible. Jason Patros, my man of the match. Love it. Um, in my notes here, I've got both of the, your players that you were considering heavily listed here, but I'm not selecting them. Ooh. So this is what I got. Uh, a lot of players could have uh, gotten this award when 12 tries are scored and there's a lot of praise to go around, but I will mostly leave it to you, Dave, because I thought maybe that you would go first <laughs> on this. But uh, Jason Patras uh, hit eight of 10 conversions, as you were saying, and had some excellent kicking and ball playing vision out there. Baru Milan, in his first start of 2023, scored two tries. Uh, but for me, the guy that gets the MVP award is Andrew Quatran, mm. playing in his hometown club. Uh, where he spent his first four seasons in the league before joining the Free Jacks, scoring two tries. His lineout throws were really good, as they all they have really been for the past several games. Um, he was a part of that domination at scrum time against Toronto, not to mention he provided the best intro clip that this show has ever received that you saw <laughs> at the very beginning of this video. Uh, for me, it has to be Andrew Quatran, you know, stepping up big time and just dropping his nuts out, coming back to his old club and just really dominating them, you know, scoring two tries. He's in yeah. the mix in there in the scrum, you know, yeah. getting the, the the line out balls where they need to be uh, and the timing is excellent for him. So I just think he's one, of, you know, when we first got, I think oddly enough, well, it's not oddly enough, but the sign when he was announced as the signing, I think I have, he, I was the most excited that I've ever been on a free Jack signing yeah. when this guy was traded to us. I was over the moon. Um, and it's really paying dividends now. And I'm just so happy. He's a free Jack. It's a great pick. He's a phenomenal player. Big part of the set piece success that we had. Yes. Um, I think not to mention two tries that he scored. Uh, yeah, that's a great pick. Uh, the broadcast, they went with JP, John Poland, mm-hmm. for their man of the match. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that his you know comment was, we're looking forward to seeing them again down in Quincy. <laughs> and oh Fantastic. boy, if that doesn't Fantastic. feel like the executioner's axe hanging over your head if you're mm-hmm. a Toronto player. Mm-hmm. Um, not that you would expect a similar lopsided result, but uh, yeah, what a, what a great comment from from john poland he has he has a way with words Um, that's very good i i i am glad that they were away really it would have been better somebody in the discord made the comment that it would have been better if this was in quincy Mm. because Mm -hmm. you know when it happens in toronto it it could hurt attendance a bit you know some of the people who were there are maybe going to not come back next week sure i mean it's a historic loss for their team um but if it had happened in quincy then you would just have more people like, wow, that was amazing. I'll come back. You know, mm-hmm. So it kind of would have been better for the league if it was a free Jacks home game, whatever could have, would have, should have, um, don't really care, but um, it is going to be tough for them to come into Quincy. And I personally am happy that it was an away game because, yep. you know, that would have been 78 huzzas. <laughs> 
the incredible end of the day the sigma incredible. function on that you know 12 tries yep you know adding together the the tries from the previous you know the huzzas from the previous tries that 12th try by the time we finished the 12 huzzas on that it would have been 78 huzzas that's too many this is it's like doing, when you yep. sing in the 12 days of christmas everybody thinks it's a good <laughs> idea and then you get up around eight and you're like how, you're how already fatigued yes are we going yep. with this it's, it's exhausted yep. yeah yeah um, I will say this, it's possible that if we had to do all those huzzahs, that this would not be happening right now because we would just be too hoarse because I belt them out, man. Like, I, I don't would, believe in doing anything half-assed like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I would certainly have lost volume. my voice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do not take that good a care of it uh, to be able to do 78 in a day. Not to mention all the cardio. No, thanks. I'm 40. <laughs> I'm over that. Too many stairs. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was a fun, it was a fun match. Fun to watch on TV. So um, much fun. I, I loved all the stories just cropping up on social media and at the watch party in the comments, people saying, you know, I went, I, I went to get a beer and then, you know, got some snacks too. And I came back and we'd scored 20 points, you know, or like <laughs> I fell asleep for a few minutes and then I looked up and it was 54 to nothing at the half. Yep. Uh, it was a wild day to lose track of what was going on for a minute. You really could just look away for and sure. Look back and I, I think it was Mark get posted the stat six and a half minutes. Every six and a half minutes, we scored a try. Mm-hmm. Um, really crazy. A lot of fun. Incredible stuff. It's. I mean, it's possible that we may not ever, never, may never, nah, excuse me, may never see anything like that again. I'm just happy to have you know watched it and, and been on the watch along because uh, our reactions to some of them are just wild. You know, uh, it was a, it was definitely a party at the New Granite Outpost, uh, enjoying that victory. Um, yeah, super excited for what's in store. And I the 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 thought that I lost earlier just about came back to me. So I, I'm trying to get it out real quick before I lose it again. I think it was essentially like um, this is what we were th- talking about all year long with playing down to our opponents to a certain extent. Like the, yes. the first half in Chicago and, and part of the second half, that game was very, very close. We won against Dallas, who's a one-win team, you know, by one point, like we just barely beat them. So it was very, very refreshing to see the Free Jacks beat an inferior team in absolute dominating fashion. We've been yeah. waiting for that all year because we know that when we play teams, most of them, their roster is inferior to us, some more than others. So it is nice to see us just, you know, skull crush somebody <laughs> in, in that sense. So 100%. Right. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, With that being said, we're going to exit this particular video and then move over to the next segment here, which will be our Atlanta preview. And with that being said, I've got one word for everybody in three, two, one. Huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here once again at the Jacks Rangers show. I am joined with Dave McVeigh. We call him Diamond Dave. Dave, how the hell are you? I'm doing fantastic, Phil. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. With the Free Jacks coming off a historic dominating win against the uh, Toronto Arrows, we've got a home game once again at Fort Quincy. It is an 80s-themed, they're calling it 15-bit. I think some people were kind of confused by that, but it's um, an 8-bit like arcade game. 16-bit. Yeah, 15 is 15 15. rugby players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to clear that up for folks. It's clever if you know, if you're like... You right. like video games and rugby, and you're yes. like, ah, I see what they've yes. done. They've changed a number and done a clever thing. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, then it's probably just kind of 15 bits of what? 
you know. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it should be a good a good time at Fort Quincy. There's going to be arcade games there, and it's free of charge to play them. As long as you're yep. you know getting through the gate with a ticket, you're able to f- play those classic arcade games. Cannot wait for that. You know, I was a big gamer growing up. Like I, I think most yeah. people our age, right? Really. What's your favorite or, game, Phil? Gosh, I mean, like when I was really, really young, maybe. Yeah, I know like, you. I know you're into sports games now. Yeah, you were more then too. Not really. I'm trying to think. Like, I guess maybe on the with the the Super Nintendo. I guess it was maybe Mario. Yeah. Or I will say this: the the Nintendo 64. When that Mario game came out, man, Mario 64. That just yeah, yeah, truly that, that blew my mind, yeah, man. Absolutely. That blew my mind. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. That's that's where we were going. Yeah, and a fully you know, 3D environment when. When Stunning. up until that, you're talking about, you know, 2D side scrolling, yep. you know, jump mm-hmm. timing. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty, pretty. What fantastic. about you? Oh, I don't know. I was, I, I played a lot of uh, uh, those era games. Um, probably in the, those early, you know, thinking like Nintendo, Super Nintendo, probably like the brawlers, like Streets of Rage. Oh, Streets of games, Rage. X Men. I loved a game where you could just like mash buttons and yep. beat dudes up and just, sure. you know, move on to the next screen and do it all again. Streets of Rage 2 was, uh, I loved yeah. that game. That game is really nice, good. There's a new Streets of Rage. Streets of Rage 4 is out on Switch. What? I play it with my kids. No now. kidding. It's pretty cool. To, That's to, wild, man. Yeah, it's, it's just updated. Anyway, we're a gaming show now. Welcome, yeah. everybody. <laughs> yeah, we're on Twitch, so I guess this yeah. makes sense, right? It's, you know, it's fitting for the for the festival, though. I'm excited. Bitbar is going to have some arcade cabinets. Yeah. Um, if people are into it, fun spot up in New Hampshire is like largest arcade the place in the world. to go, man. Like yeah. it's it's actually incredible. It's really mm-hmm. close. Um, it's in southern New Hampshire, which means it's close to pretty much all of New England. Yes. Um, so check it out. Highly recommended. I used to go there every single year. I, I I've kind of stopped doing that, but man, I'd love to get back there at some point because it's been a couple of years, man. That place is primo. Primo stuff. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're we're talking about rugby here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> gonna be a gonna be an IPA tasting as yeah, well that's before right. the game. A lot of people. Um, really so enjoy Widowmaker, that, yeah. Baxter, Vitamin C, Break Rock, mm-hmm. who hosted the watch along party, the most previous one, Storm Along, of course, and Castle course. Island will all have uh, beverages on tap, beers and ciders. Uh, I like that they have the it's the Konami code for the. Um, Beer tasting, it's the up, up, oh, down, down, yes. left, right, left, right, BA, yep. IPA tasting experience. Love that. <laughs> so, like, it doesn't even get a name. Just, you know, it's game. It's stuff. iconic. Come man. out. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. Yep. Come. Uh, the English Beats going to be there as well as the uh, the act, which should be fun. I'm not yep. really familiar with their music, but I'm sure, like, if I heard a song, right, I would know. Um, yeah, I think yeah. Kenny's Save familiar. Yep. that's sure. their like probably their most it's been used in a few movies fairly mm-hmm. recently i would have loved a synth wave uh band but that's just me yeah. that's the kind of the music that i listen to now um you know i love that 80s synth wave like techno electronic music era uh, but anyway let's talk about the atlanta team a uh, lot of people upset uh, early, uh, what was it, pre- preseason um, with their rebrand. With everything in the Eastern Conference having, every team in the Eastern Conference having played eight games so far, rebrand ATL after an awful rebrand in the offseason where they never consulted their fans in eight months leading up to the rebrand, find themselves in familiar territory. They're practically in a playoff spot. Or I think they actually are third right now. Uh, uh, yeah. 
though we are third with dc there you go i appreciate that yeah um Though we're not snakes anymore, we're Peaches Club. Uh, we're never, they've never missed the playoffs in the two, two full seasons that they've played. Yeah. They have four wins, four losses, with a point differential of minus 10 points. Uh, they have 20 total table points. That is 10 points off the pace, Dave. What do you make of this Atlanta team? Um, you know, I couldn't tell you why they seem to have lost a step this year but they don't seem as strong this season as they have been in previous seasons still probably the third best team in the east i think you give Mm -hmm. i think you i honestly i think you give second place to dc i think at this point you know um right now i think they probably look like the second best team they're the team i'd maybe be the most worried about playing again in like a playoff situation uh but then probably atlanta i think they're the third best team uh they're not blowing my socks off from what I've seen mm-hmm. last week. They defeated a NOLA team that really was kind of flat, especially in the set piece. Mm-hmm. So I think this will be an interesting match to see coming off the Toronto game where our set piece was just dominant yep. and all yep. but flawless. You mm-hmm. know, this will be much more of an actual test of our set piece um, because they were able to shut down NOLA. Yep. in the scrums and lineouts um, pretty effectively. Noel, I think, made a lot of lineout errors, so that not necessarily anything Atlanta did right, um, so much as shooting themselves in the foot on the Noel's case. But This um, is a team, right, that that prides themselves on their forward play. Yeah. Um, you know, Scott Lawrence no longer there, but the, the brand of rugby is, I don't want to say boring, but it's more ground and pound. It's more forward driven. But at the same time, they do have some decent backs and they've got a little bit of Kiwi flair there. That is, yeah. I think, mainly because of their new coach. I believe he is a Kiwi now. So um, it, it's kind of like a hybrid style. Uh, and the Free Jacks kind of have that as well, where like we want to be a very, very physical team. Obviously, it's that South African influence from Scott Matthew. But at yep. the same time, Mike Rogers and TK are both Kiwis from New Zealand. So we kind of have a mixture as well. Um, let me see here. Go ahead. Um, I think that we match up against that game really well. I think in previous um, years, the when Atlanta was coming to town, it was like, okay, we're going to have to box a gorilla, right? Like it was that kind of feeling where like they are going to physically really present a challenge and we have to figure out how to And we have to rise up to that, that, right? Yes. And I don't, I feel like now with some of the acquisitions we've been able to bring in, um, how we have shored up our pack in particular and their ability to just front up and and take these guys like quatrin coming in yeah he is a hit stick yes he is um um cole keith makes big stops out there um we've also brought in mitch jacobson slade mcdowell is back we didn't even talk about him in the toronto how about that talk about barry in the lead Um, he came back and made a big impact made himself known got chastised by the ref immediately (laughs) because he came in and was all spicy the ref came over and literally just said he's like you you just came in like don't don't act like you're all right turn you know and slayed the blade you just came off the bench like slow slow your roll don't don't take things out it was it was fun and slade took the note he's like got it he continued to play really hard i mean he's very physical that's how he plays yeah no none none of the off the ball stuff none, mm-hmm. none of the weird little you know rubbing your hair he just played he just played his rugby and let his rugby do the talking 
Um, so I think we can meet them in those close channels mm -hmm. and we can drive them back. Uh, the, the double tackles, everything that we do as a matter of course is going to work very well against this Atlanta team, I mm -hmm. think. So it's a, it's a good matchup for us um, physically. I feel, I feel really confident in terms of our ability to, to uh, go blow for blow with them in the forward game. I listen, I, I agree a thousand percent. I think the acquisitions that you're referring to that are that are in this squad now give us the edge when we're playing against this type of team. Mm -hmm. uh, Tammy McQueen, our um, Atlanta correspondent, expects us to be a defensive slugfest like yeah. the Eastern Conference Finals in 2021 where Atlanta edged New York 9-10. to 10. That's a very classic, you know, like way back in the day American yeah. football score. After the offensive explosion from the Free Jacks last week, we could easily dismiss that prediction and say Jacks by 90, but Atlanta is a much better team than Toronto. Um, they still have that, as BT from Rugby Pick'em calls it, boring style of rugby, a <laughs> physicality-driven, forward-driven style but there's, like I said, a mixture of that Kiwi flair now, just a little bit, because the influence of the new coach now. I think yeah. it will be an exciting to see uh, game, and ultimately, it's a matchup that I feel favorable about. But I'm not as confident as you know maybe we should be based on the result that we just saw against uh, a limping Toronto uh, development side. So, yeah, I I think it's really hard to know how confident to be after a game like that um yeah. it, it's such a resounding performance that you know you you almost have to make sure that nobody misses a step i don't think it will really be hard for the leaders of this team to keep everybody focused and grounded mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think because the culture they've built in um the the competitiveness built into practice each week i think really helps to keep everybody from feeling like they are gonna walk over anybody because mm -hmm. you know maybe yeah you waltz through the toronto defense three times um you know uh, on saturday this week but come training outside you know you're not you're not waltzing through the toronto defense anymore you've got <laughs> ben lesage or you know uh jones or, or somebody mm -hmm. there wayne vanderbank who got a rest week this week yeah you know it, it, like if you're one of the guys who was in that team and you were in that performance you've got people who are gonna be they're gonna um, check you pushing yeah they're yeah. gonna check you you know they're gonna make sure you don't you don't feel too 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 big for your britches as mm -hmm. we might say for sure. Um, so it's good. It's it's another reason that having guys competing for spots, having more, having depth, and having a focus on healthy competition really helps. It's just another another area where that's uh, very effective in terms of keeping your team focused mm -hmm. and, and and grounded. Um, whether the week before was a tough loss or a record setting win. I think you're exactly on the same page that I am with my key to the game, so I'm going to transition into that right now. For me, I, I'm getting this from uh, – she posted this after the game, and I'm referring to the Eagles' girlfriend, Allie, very lovely lady. All gas, no breaks is my key yeah. to the game. And the reason that I'm bringing this up is exactly what you're talking about, Dave. 
it's uh amazingly enough was not a perfect game for the jacks uh, last week despite the most points ever scored in mlr history but it was an incredible team effort that jacks fans will not uh think they will think back on fondly for a long time this creates a potential coaching challenge how does the team respond to a better opponent after destroying an inferior one and it's also as you're talking about the leadership of the team it it could be not a, really a challenge, but just something that they got to keep their ears up on, making sure that confidence, it can lead to complacency. So we don't want to see that with the Free Jacks at all. We don't want any of that creeping in as the next two weeks are so important. So normally we just talk about you know each game at a time, but I wanted to kind of zoom back out for a second. This game against Atlanta, a potential playoff team. The next one by the, at home, which is great. The next one also at home against New York, Who's yep. still annoyingly in second place, even though they're in the mud right now. They they they've lost more games than you would have expected them to uh, for them to have lost this far into the season, but they're still right there in second place, and they do have a good squad. So they're uh, surely uh, eventually going to figure this out, or just bring in a bunch of all blacks uh, like they did last <laughs> year and try to uh, don't even have much the scale. Time. Got the yeah, they're running out. Yeah, yeah, they're running out of time for sure. But who knows if they've got that in the, in the uh, up their sleeve? But um, <clears throat> basically, what I'm trying to explain is these next two weeks prior to, I believe, a bye week after that are crucially important to the Free Jack season because you're playing two potential uh, playoff teams. This is yeah. we're not stacked up against you know a Dallas or a Chicago or a Toronto anymore in this slot of games. So you really want to put your best game out there. Um, and, you know, complacency will stop that. Um, playing down to your opponent will stop that. Bad practices because you think, you know, because you've put 80 on uh, Toronto that you'll just be able to walk into Fort Quincy and easily beat Atlanta. So, you know, the coaching staff has to make sure that they're on these guys. The leadership have to be on these guys and make sure that not to say that anybody's going to be like walking when they should be running or anything like that, but making sure that the the competition is up and practiced and, you know, let these guys know, even though you just try an 80 burger on Toronto's head you know you could easily be humbled by Atlanta this week yeah. so we gotta we gotta we gotta stay sharp um so yeah. keep your foot on the gas all gas no breaks uh well you said we gotta stay sharp and my key to the game is keep the edge there and we go I'm talking about precision more yep. than I'm talking about aggression I already said I'm not really worried about our physicality yep. we win those collisions consistently um talking about executing you know um it was something that was really good in toronto our mm -hmm. our passes were on point they were smart good functional offloads that produced in the end you know a bunch of tries mm -hmm. so we need to keep that against what will be a more functional defense yes so keep the precision we're not going to have as many opportunities if we try to do as many things, we're probably not going to get the same sort of result. We could end That's up right. looking like Toronto, where every yes. time you break the line, you're like, oh, I know what happens next. I make a cool offload, and then somebody <laughs> runs through and scores a try. That's right. Not that that was what Toronto was thinking. They're probably thinking like, oh, I've finally broken the gain line. This is my one shot to make something happen. And, mm -hmm. you know, then they you chuck a bad pass. Um, and the free jacks so, intercept it, yeah, or, or yeah, exactly. Get it. And yeah. then Larue La Milan gathers it up off the deck and passes it to John Poland, and you know, and, and the rest is history. Yeah, yeah exactly. We so, know what happens. Yeah. So keep the edge, stay precise. Um, should be a great match, uh, particularly set piece stuff. Will be fun to watch.
Absolutely. Uh, and since I went first with key to the game, I will allow you to go with your prediction. All right. Uh, the dice are out, I'm sure. All right. Yeah, the dice. We got them. We got them. We've got... Um, we got 36. That's kind of high. That's kind of high. It's no 80, though. It's no 80. You're right. And 28. 28. Okay. So I, we got to be 36. Free Jacks, 28. Hot Lana. Okay. I should have said peachy when you asked how I was doing at the beginning of the... <laughs> missed opportunity you know yeah we'll get them next time though That's right. uh let's see here um so for me you know last week i had the prediction of toronto 18 new england 28 i felt like that was probably a fair prediction but then again you know the free jacks had other plans they had other plans yep um they just dropped a, a nuke on uh toronto's head and, and was done with it at that point so for me I'm going to continue with this prediction. I think it will be a close game. It will be a defensive battle. I'd say about until, let's say, the 60th minute mark, right, when you, you've made a lot of your substitutions. And, again, the Free Jacks have the luxury of their bench is better than most you know, yeah. uh, teams. So my anticipation is that we will break away uh, and win by 10 in the last 20 minutes. And I, I feel good about that. I will say that. This type of, you know, we, we know that uh, they, Atlanta wants to play a more defensive game. We don't expect to blow them out like we did at uh, um, Toronto last week. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it will be more of a defensive struggle. But, you know, again, sometimes you're just going to have those type of games. And uh, Yeah, you don't beat everybody by 75 points. Unfortunately not. That's just not in the cards all the time. So, yep. Could have a, a boring game at Fort Quincy <laughs> when we don't score 80 points. But, uh, yeah, should, should be a good one for sure. Looking forward to it. Um, any closing thoughts? Uh, see everybody there. Should be a good yeah. time. Should be Can't a blast. Wait. Looking forward to it. And with that being said, I've got one word to exit the video. And three, two, one, huzzah! huzzah. All right, Rangers, tell us how we did. Send us an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com. Please continue to interact with us on social media. Every time that we make a post, please like it and comment. We would greatly appreciate that. Hope to see everybody out at Fort Quincy this weekend for the 15-bit festival. There will be arcades. There will be beer tasting. Make sure you bring your best 80s outfit, your best 80s costume as your New England Free Jacks take on rebrand ATL. And with that being said, I'm going to trot off into the sunset here of episode 74. Saddle up, let's ride, beat Atlanta, and huzzah! Woo!